This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. I'm RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week we're slapping our wives, falling from great mm-hmm. heights, killing Chinese gangsters, and all with a bullet in our guts as we continue watching Spine 250 in the Criterion Collection, five films with John Cassavetti's box set. A Woman Under the Influence from 1974, and Killing of a Chinese Bookie from 1976. But first, RJ, somehow yeah. my, my computer auto-corrected Woman to a Wonder Under the Influence. What do you think that movie would be like? <sighs> to the to the Wonder, like directed by Talents Malak? Talents Malak? Ta- Talents Ta- Malak? Talon? Talon? Talon Malak? I've met a lot of people named Talon lately. I know. I think and you, you might have even said that last week. Did I seriously? Or two weeks ago? Maybe I said it to you. Maybe. But not, I don't oh, think I oh but but not like it was like RJ, but not RJ Baylog. Uh, RJ, like that? Something you like, mean like that. that guy? Yeah, it's the pirate name, Jarrett. Yo, I'm a pirate. Yo ho ho. Uh, what's up with you, dude? Not much, matey. I, I. It's snowing, it's, RJ. It's snowing like this, a son of a bitch. It seems like maybe like I don't know. People could go back and listen to like our episodes from like a year ago and the year before that. These October episodes and like because hey, people know we talk about the weather here mm-hmm. on this on this pod. And sure. uh, you know, today I went for my taco time walk and uh, I was trudging through some really? some pretty thick ass snow. But you know what? I much prefer trudging through the snow than those freshly like cleared areas because man, oh, yeah. it is icy. I I, I might have messed myself up a little bit. I didn't fall, but I had to like do some real hard like balancing. And ooh, can, my, can my you neck. explain what that looks like? Um, it's probably like a uh, a Monsieur Hulot movie. A who? Hulot. Hulot, I don't know if I'm familiar Hulot. with such a person. Yeah. What? So, so even though it's so we got like I don't know 20 centimeters of snow today throughout the day, and uh, even so, you decided to walk instead of just just giving up and taking your car, like yeah, because it was kind of nice out. Like it wasn't too hmm. bad, other than when you're walking directly into the blowing cold snow coming from the north. Hmm. I disagree, but I'm I'm kind of a baby, and yeah. uh, I don't like the snow. So, you know what I get sometimes that kind of irritates me. Whenever I tell people I don't like snow, they're like, "Yeah, but we live in Canada." And I was like, "Yeah, I know." I was like, "I know where I live. It doesn't mean I have to like the the weather or the climate." You know what I mean? God damn. I'm not gonna move to like Florida to get away from snow. That'd be mm-hmm. crazy. That would be crazy. Well, you'd fit right in, like a Florida man. Yeah. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm edgy enough to be a Florida man. Uh, a friend of mine's sister who lives down in Florida, uh, mm-hmm. sh- uh, she was saying that like it, it's all everything you hear. It's it's overinflated. You know, it's it's not as bad as you think. You know who also says things are overinflated and not as bad as they you think? I think <laughs> the current uh, government in power down there. So D- down yonder down yonder so i i'd be i mean i'm not telling saying that your friend is a liar well my but, friend uh, my friend my friend's her. not saying this but my friend's sister i i wouldn't trust her 
Yeah, I, I don't trust that at all. And um, I think your uh, your integrity is compromised too, the, just the, because the, of the story. The same person also, the same sister, warned warned mm-hmm. that uh, that we should be getting toilet paper, stocking up real fast, and uh, be wary of needles that are everywhere. In in what context? Like just as an advice in, in general, advice or? advice because they've heard things about Creepsville. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people are trying out uh, bidets now. Do you do you roll with that or what? I haven't really had the opportunity. Uh, I have. I mean, it sounds like you just did, but maybe. Uh, <laughs> mayhaps. Uh, yeah, that, that came through the mic. Uh, <laughs> I have never indulged. I've. It's been in a hotel once before, <laughs> but anyway. How and how was it? I didn't try it. I didn't try it. I wasn't brave enough. Why? I wasn't brave enough. Why? Uh, I was sharing the hotel room with someone I didn't know very well, so I didn't want to like, sh- I didn't want to associate the experience with with them because it was like, uh, I don't know. It's like if you went on, if you had to share a hotel with like a casual acquaintance, someone you've met like a few times, but then you were staying with them for like a week, and then you'd be like, I don't know if I want to try out something new in uh, in my downstairs while. Uh, this person I barely know is right beside me. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes you just got to uh, go all in. I guess. I guess. So, yeah, it snowed. Is that all that's... Uh... See, I, I, I threw it on your head. I'm asking you how you're doing before you even get the chance to ask me. Doing fine. Doing fine. I mean, this is taking up some valuable prime viewing that's true. So are you saying that we should mainline things here? Maybe. How are you doing, RJ? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. I Good. don't like the snow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to the dentist just mm-hmm. now. I got my teeth cleaned. And uh, you want to hear some real Jerry Seinfeld, uh, Jay Leno type stuff? Fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. What's the deal with dental hygienists? They ask you questions while they're working on your teeth. Uh, I mean, I know that's a joke from... It's a timeless joke, Jarrett. But uh, I really felt it today because the guy was a conversationalist, and you can't talk when they're working yeah. in your mouth. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Plus, he was coughing a little bit, and then like he would, he's like, <laughs> "Excuse me," and he went around the corner and was like, <coughs> and then he'd come back and he's like, "All right," and then he put his fingers in my mouth, and I was just like, "What is going on?" <laughs> so it was a little problematic to say the least. I see. I see. Uh, yeah. Any any particular topics? Uh, well, he asked about my profession and then he had some follow-up questions on that. Uh, then he told me about salivary glands for a while and how they relate to plaque. And, uh, then, uh, when he was checking me out, uh, he, he, uh, he was like, Hey, our birthdays are three days apart. That's pretty neat. And I was like, that is neat, man. That is neat. I had a, I had to take a, a hearing test for work. And apparently, oh, yeah. the the man administering it said that we had the exact same birthday to the year. He was the exact same year, yeah, exact same age. age to the to the day. Did he look? Uh, did he look rough? No. Um, he so looked just you. J- yeah, just me. I was definitely uh, <laughs> dragging down that uh, particular day. Um, uh-huh. But and apparently, this guy also had like apparently the same last name as me. But not like a Duncan with like the typical spelling, but with a K. 
Are you <laughs> are you being serious? Yes. And that he, is. Um, and he was saying this, and I was kind of like, "What? That's bizarre." And, and you know, thinking back, because this is like what a week or so ago, and yeah. the, the the there was a woman that was like taking our forms, or was at least taking my form. That before we enter this trailer, this fucking killer trailer, that we go into this black box and put headphones on, and you hear like industrial sounds to test mm-hmm. your hearing. This woman's like, "Ah, Duncan." Is that Scottish? Is it? No. <laughs> what is it? Uh, I mean, my grandfather was an Irishman. Irish? Irish. I didn't know that. I think a few of our listeners might have might have qualms with that. With the Irish? Yeah, some people don't like the Irish. Even the fighting kind? Uh, well, I mean, I like the fighting Irish, but uh, I'm I'm Catholic. I like to drink beer, so I fit in well. But, uh, you know, a lot of people don't like that. Some of our best presidents have been Irish. Best presidents? Yeah. Was, uh, like, uh, who was the Melees Forever guy? Gerald Ford? Melees Forever. You remember that Simpsons where it's like Melees Forever? And they're like, he Mel- was his. Oh, Malays? Malays, yeah. Ah. It wasn't that Gerald Ford? Ford? Uh, when. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wait, how do you pronounce this? Oh, RJ, I, I got, I, I got, yeah. Malays, yeah, I think Jimmy Carter. That's what I say. That's that sounds more Jimmy Carter speed. Yeah, and they turn it into Marge. Remember? Yeah. Do you remember yeah, that after, classic after they, episode? After they tear it down and they put the Marge hair on top. Yeah, that's where she steals from the Quickie Mart. It's a classic episode. And uh, welcome to the Simpsons podcast, where we do one episode a week for the rest of our lives. Outstanding. I wish. Right. I do too. I know some dudes in Calgary that do a Simpsons podcast. Is it any good? I don't know. I've never listened to it. Wow. I don't huge. I don't I don't listen to podcasts. Huge. Huge. All right. Well, the more so, you know, did, I did guess. Did you get a clean bill of health? Any cavities, RJ? Not a single one, no. my man, which is surprising because I usually have cavities because I'm mm-hmm. I got a little bit of the sweet tooth, Jer. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I usually have cavities, but uh, I don't know. Somehow I, I made it this year. Proud somehow. of you. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Well, I want to see if anyone's been proud of us in the uh, the mailbag. Not really. OK. Well, I mean, well, I, <laughs> well no. it'll be three weeks now, or four weeks till we hear from any of these sons of bitches. That came out. That came off like I didn't want to hear from our many devoted uh, friends, mm-hmm. uh, which isn't the case. I uh, that's just a quippy response that I usually have, you know. Okay. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, what do we got? Is it? Oh, you. Oh, you. Oh, you. Oh, you do want to hear from it? I see. Yeah. Okay. Is it overflowing because we no. had a five week? No, I think it actually threw everyone off. Mm, maybe okay. It's, maybe it's broken the habit for some. We're gonna find out. First one off the top, Reese Haxtell. Ooh. Week three of Creeptober. Maybe. Hi, Garrett Pumpkin and RJ Bagul. Oh, I got some Ooh. we got some Bagul news too. Uh, I, I saw that. Yeah, we can talk about that later. What are we just talking about right now? Reese can uh, Reese can wait. Okay, yeah, sure. I mean if you want to put Sugarhead to the curb, whatever. Yeah, fuck him. Uh are we talking about the same news? Th- that the, the scariest movie mm-hmm. scientifically. Uh-huh. Is one sinister? Is it because of Skype? Do you think? Uh, maybe. 
So I have a little bit of issue with this study. Yeah, it was monitoring beat, heart beat, rate. Beat, beats per minute. Yeah, but also it's like, what was the sample, like the sample of this group, like the people involved? What were their ages? What were their demographics? Like, do they watch horror normally? What other movies did they show? Does it say that? Does it tell you what other movies they were showing? Yeah, there, there's a whole chart. I I still, I find it questionable and I don't, uh, Are, I for one don't Come on, it. you don't want to give your namesake Bagul like any, I, oh, here we go. Oh, yeah. 86 beats per minute for Sinister. Oh, come on. This is the worst list. <laughs> yeah, well, can, can I guess, just guess what the other movies okay. are? Okay, guess what number two is. Babadook? No, no. Uh, that would be like, that's down. That's tied with Conjuring 2 at 80 for Babadook, ba- Babadook and Conjuring 2. No, at 85 beats per minute is Insidious. Oh, oh Sure. Followed by The Conjuring at 84. Okay. Uh, number four, Hereditary. Yep. Yep. At 83. Paranormal Activity at 82. Okay. It Follows at 81. Okay. Uh, that's it for the one that appears on the top 10 ranking right off of Google. I have to click on this link that takes me to comicbook.com with a bunch of, like, oh, Jesus. Hey, here's a question for you. Whoa. Is there a single movie that's over 10 years old? I'm sorry. I can't hear you at the moment. There's this horrible, noxious video that was just blaring into my ears. Oh. I guess that's the end of the podcast. Okay. Okay. We got uh, Babadook at 80. Number nine, The Descent. And okay. 10, The Visit. The Visit? Like M. Night Shyamalan's yep. The Visit? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, see, this is where, this is exactly what I thought. Like, is that that's the whole crop of movies like they didn't do anything older they like who were they showing these movies to like 13 year olds probably you know what i mean like who what was the age i where i who, who rj you know were you gonna say who gives a fuck rj do, i do i all i want here is i want bagul uh-huh. i want bagul to win okay I'm, I'm continuing to look at this bullshit a thon mm-hmm. so oh yeah there's more there's more Okay. Biggest jump scares by heart rate, Insidious, uh, 133 beats per minute. That's quite the workout. Uh, Sinister at 131. Mm-hmm. Number three, Exorcist three, at 130. Okay, I mean that's, that's like cool. I mean that's got an actually memorable jump scare. I couldn't yeah. I couldn't fucking tell you anything scary from Insidious or Sinister at this point. No. Neither could I. Can I ask a question though? Yeah. Did they factor in your heart rate, uh, rate during a uh, Phantom Thread? Because I feel like that's a statistic in itself. Where, where I slept. Where or, you or, fell asleep. Or, or my my no, I didn't. I didn't your, fall your, asleep. Your my, heart but my my, my Fitbit thought I was asleep and logged it, which has actually happened at a couple different movies, <laughs> at yeah. in theater. Fa- Phantom Thread's the most memorable though. Yeah, and it's and it's, a very, and it's a well-regarded review on Letterboxd. Yes, it is. Uh, then we got we got the Ring, a Quiet Place, and Nightmare on Elm Street. A Halloween. Who knows which Halloween though? <laughs> uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Somehow, oh, come oh. on, yeah. so, the best of the rest. And there's a whole bunch of other horror movies that people just watch. There is no information at all about who was being tested, their age, nothing. Garbage. Hmm. Yeah, that's a bullshit. Yeah, uh... but something called broadband choices. 
Stop. Bullshit. Well, or it's very, very nice for Bagul fans. Like, like us. Peer reviewed? Are, are, are you? Are, yeah, 100 by Bagul. Oh, I see. And Jason see. Blum. Jason Blum think... approves. Ethan Hawke approves. We all approve. Vincent D'Onofrio skyped in, and he was like, "Hey, I like this. I want, I want more of this." I, I I find it interesting. I think Bagul might even be at work tonight because it seems like we're maybe two seconds off from each other. Which you know, that's just how the internet works sometimes. So no big deal. He's no excited. He's excited. He's very yep. excited. Well, it's his time of the. It's like his month of the year. You know, mm-hmm. like it's it's his it's his month, man. He's he just got a big uh, award here. Scariest yeah. movie. <laughs> Of all time, well, of of this week, how, how many of uh? Do you think if they had shown Gummo, do you think that would have topped the charts for some people? Well, I mean, it gets my heartbeat going for different reasons. I I aware, and that's it's a, it's troubling. Very, it's a very sensual film, RJ. Oh, like Rudy Giuliani in a hotel room, sensual. So back to Reese Haxtell with that nice, oh, easy transition. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Reese says, hope you had a good Thanksgiving and are staying yeah. warm because apparently now it is winter. Uh, see? Yeah. Sugarhead knows. This week, I watched a Korean film from 2003 called Save the Green Planet, and it mm. was a pretty good show. Word mm. is it's being remade by Ari Aster in the next few years, so all the Midsummer stands will be stoked to hear that. How about a food question? You, you, and by the way, have, RJ, are you familiar with Save the Green Planet? Uh, I have just been made aware of it as it is, uh, I guess, on the Criterion channel, allegedly, unlike uh, Cassavetti's films. Uh, apparently, Save the Green Planet is on the uh, channel, but uh, who, who knows? Who knows? Could be out, out of there by the time we want to go watch it. I've got, I've got that old DVD of that. Hmm. And uh, is this Ari Aster thing? Is that true, or is he, uh, yeah. is he just joking with no, us? No, no, that that's true. Hmm. Interesting. No, interesting. How about a food question now? Because it's snowy, it's soup season. What are your favorite <laughs> soups? Myself, I'm a big fan of tomato or French onion. Keep wow. up the good work, guys. Sugarhead. Man, you hearing this? You seeing this, Sugarhead? This soup guy? big soup boy uh i i gotta i gotta i just have to start and lead in by saying that andy is a big soup boy she's or even a soup soup girl no she's a big soup boy soup person Uh, it's boy and girl are gender neutral now dude um okay so i mean check your privilege and decolonize your uh, friend group uh (laughs) um she is a big soup boy, and uh, I'd say she eats soup about once a week, which I know you're like, soup once a week, that's not a big deal. But I'm talking like dead of summer, 40 degrees out. She's slamming down some soup. Uh, so she's eating a lot of soup. Uh, so I, circumstantially, am eating a considerable amount of soup as well. Uh, my favorite is run-of-the-mill chicken soup. But uh, not uh, not like Lipton chicken soup. Uh, my grandma used to make this chicken soup, and she'd use like vermicelli noodles, like really thin noodles, and just pack them in there. So it's just soup and noodles. It was the best. I really liked it. 
Uh, Andy makes a vegetable soup with dumplings, Jarrett. With uh, she puts some dill in there, some sour cream. That's pretty good. And uh, you know, I've always been a big clam chowder boy, which I know you know some people might think that that's pretty pedestrian, but uh, I'm a big fan of the clam chowder. How you feel? What, what chowders are you a fan of? What? Uh, I mean, I'll have a I'll have clam chowder. I'll have. Okay. I'm just wondering. So, how do you feel about? I'm gonna look at a list. How do you feel about minestrone? Uh, I mean, I think it's fine, but I think it's something that's like just around if there's nothing else. Okay. Italian yeah. wedding? Again, it's, I think Italian wedding is like the backup soup. It's like we got a can of Italian wedding back here. That's all we got. Uh, tomato soup? I think tomato soup is fine, but fine. Uh, I, 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 I would have to pair it with a grilled cheese or else it's, right. a, it's, it's a no-go for me. You, you just wouldn't have uh, tomato soup a la carte? No, it's it's got to be with grilled cheese just because I am a picky boy. Hmm. Very picky. Well, you're no, right. You're I a mean, tomato soup man. Oh, yeah. I love that tomato soup. And uh, it yep. does indeed pair well with grilled cheese. Yes, it does. But, but yes, I, does. I will also just uh, shovel that tomato soup, particularly, um, God, what's that one brand of uh, Christy Crackers? Oh, yeah. Mr. Yeah, Christy you Crackers. You smash those. Ba- oh, man, I can go through a whole sleeve. With a, with a to go along with a can, Ooh. that's living. Yeah, I like life. crackers. Are you so crispy crackers? Like I like soda crackers in my soup too. Some people do get crazy, put goldfish in their soups. You ever seen that? You hear about that? No, no. It's pretty wild, man. No, it's wild. I'm not a I'm not a goldfishman. Some well, I mean, I think that's more like. I don't know, people with kids probably a lot, but we were slamming some goldfish in the summer. I, I remember having a teacher in elementary school who would like, that was a prize or something like a Like a single goldfish cracker? or Maybe like, maybe uh... like a couple. Okay. And That's they, better than and, a single one. And they just had like one of those big like boxes. Like it used to be like, it's almost like a milk carton just filled with them. Yeah. You shake a few out. Yeah. Here oh, you yeah. go, Jarrett. Here's your prize for getting Jarrett. in plus. Yeah. Some fucking... Dust, dusty, dry old goldfish <laughs> crackers. Um, you had soup. Yeah. New England clam chowder. There it is. Big fan. Big fan. And then yeah, there's chicken soup, chicken noodle. That's all one package deal. What is chipino? Chiopino. Chiopino. Yeah. Chiopino. It's like so you get a bunch of seafood, some clams, some mussels, fish shit stew. Like that. Yeah, and then uh, you fill it up with water, you boil it and stuff, and it's basically just like fish stock. Hmm. I don't yeah, know. Andrew that's... makes chiopino at home sometimes. Okay, uh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. one I don't think I've ever had knowingly. I mean, yeah. I feel like you just thicken that up, and then you're that's like yeah, you, you, then you put that on while well, you put it on some rice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, you can do that. Um, it's that it's fine kinda... line of like what's a curry and what's a soup. Yeah, it's uh definitely. I think for the best way I could describe it is like if you want like a seafood soup but you don't want the heaviness of chowder because it's oh. more just a, like a stock beer cheese soup i've had that it's not as good as advertised that sounds awful <laughs> it uh yeah the the one time i had it i, I was like 16 yeah 17. Che- cheese <laughs> soup is mm-mm. hot no. cheese soup no hot cheese soup. another another chicken tortilla soup i guess that's like yeah. the fits into the, the tortilla soup family yeah. Uh, there's the French onion soup. How do you feel about the French onion? Does it have to be baked, if at all? 
Uh, I think if you're going to do it, do it baked. But uh, not to go against uh, our boy Reese, but uh, I'm, I've never been a huge fan just because when I was little – uh, it got pushed on me a lot, and mm. I didn't. I didn't really like onion as a little kid. I was like, ew, and then it just kind of stuck with me. So yeah. I haven't had it in years, to be honest. Maybe I should give it another Ooh. go. There's the there's the disappointer, the Manhattan clam chowder. Yeah, no one wants that. Nobody wants that. It's but it's the one that sometimes you're like, oh, they've got they have clam chowder on their menu, and then mm-hmm. it comes the the red thing. You're like, what the fuck? You go, wait, 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 wait. No one told me this was gonna be red. No. Yeah, yeah, that's bad news. Uh, bad news bears. More cream of chicken soup again. Well, how, uh, how about uh, how about mushroom soup? You know what? It makes a better gravy than it makes a soup. Well, I think I've mentioned my spaghetti recipe many times. Mm-hmm. Can of mushroom soup, can of tomato soup. It is the premier spaghetti sauce. I, I promise you. I promise. Beef and barley soup. <laughs> uh, I mean, I used to. I grew up on beef and barley, so I mean. How about navy bean and ham soup? Nah, get that shit out of here. I don't want none of that. Yeah, no. Same with split pea soup. Get that garbage out of here. Ooh. I don't want no green soup. What about butternut squash soup? Uh, Andrea did make that one time, and she like she made it well, but uh, I wasn't a huge fan. I was like, yeah, I was, I was like, this is just like thick. It's like a milkshake, but not a good one. Mm-hmm. I've had a good one from a grocery store. Yeah, I mean, I think if you if you're into that, you probably would like it. She made a good one. It's just it wasn't really for me. <laughs> no, it wasn't my personal preference. I see. I see. Corn. Uh-huh. How about corn chowder? Corn chowder is fine, but when I would eat it, I'd just be like, I wish there was clams in here. I suppose. I mean, we can't always consume the living, RJ. I just wish there was clams. Sweet, sweet clam meat. Sweet. Oh, clam. there it is at 19 on this Taste of Homeless split pea soup. Fuck that shit. Get that out of here. Mm. Who's who's eating that shit? Chicken and rice soup. Come on, it's just chicken noodle. Just it's yeah. just got a different carb. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mulligatani. Mulligatani. I just think of Seinfeld when I hear mulligatani. Yeah. Yeah. It's like bisque. Oh, seafood bisque. Bisque. <laughs> bisque uh tomato bisque i think isn't bisque just another name for soup um word for soup it's like it's just about the consistency i guess like i I just it's just creamy it's creamy what is the difference between soup and bisque both are soups both are delicious oh but there's one thing that sets them apart bisque refers to a soup usually vegetable or seafood based and frequently cooked with wine Thicker, clingier consistency. Yeah. Ba- begging for a fancy toast. This is a very like descriptive answer. Chicken dumplings, huh? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like the vegetable dumpling soup Andrew makes is pretty good. You could put chicken in it. A zupa Toscana. A what? Zupa Toscana. Uh, I've had Toscana soups before. I don't know about this zupa business. Italian potato soup. Uh, fuck. I, well, what even is that? Is that how is that different from any other Italian soup? It, it looks like potato soup to me. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, uh, chicken and vegetable soup. Come on, it's all yes. the same business. How about borscht, RJ? Can't say that I've ever indulged. Really? I thought yeah, I thought I'm... I thought you were of Central or Eastern European descent. 
Yeah, you know what Hungarians eat? Real food. Like borscht. Not borscht or gazpacho soup that's served ice cold. Go back to Russia. Get out of here. Um, bread soup. That's not real. Also <laughs> known as Italian ribolita. It's a it's a it's a it's peasant food. RJ made. You had some stale bread to leftover vegetable soup for added bulk and heartiness. That's so that like sounds like le- sounds like leftovers to me. Yeah, bread soup. Get out of here. Cream of mushroom soup. There it is. Finally, cucumber soup. Uh, I've heard. I've never had. But that I've heard that that is a cold pureed soup. Yeah, not for me. RJ, how do you feel about pho? Uh, I, I like it. We get it sometimes from uh, oh, sorry. the pho. 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 We go to uh, Mama Ma. What is that? Is that Saganese or Vietnamese? Vietnamese, right? Saganese is a yeah. Sag- no, I just Sagon. Yeah, but like that restaurant that is local to Cruiseville, is it Saganese food or Vietnamese food? It's Vietnamese. <laughs> Vietnamese. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We get pho from that place. It's pretty good. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh, there's potato soup. Barely even a real soup. Okay. German. What is this? Nopella? That's probably not ne- real. Nefla? Nefla is, is pronounced? Uh, I've heard of Nefla. It's a special dumpling type of thing. Old variant of chicken and dumpling soup. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of uh, like gnocchi. Matzo ball. I've never, I've never had the pleasure. Matzo ball soup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, well. You got to come over for Passover sometime, RJ. I was gonna say it sounds like a New York thing. Uh, I don't think it made its way out to Western Canada. Egg drop soup. Uh, I've had. I'm not super into it. Ooh, what is this? African peanut soup. This photo Dude, looks delicious. <laughs> of African peanut soup? Yeah. It's a spicy and creamy type of soup that is found through Western Africa. Uh, crushed peanut-based tomatoes and spices. Sweet potatoes and rice hmm. are common ingredients in this dish and sometimes chicken. Fuck, that looks amazing. Kind of looks like a kind of looks like a curry dish. Yeah. Like a, it's like thick like a stew. Okay. Well, hey, I uh, I don't know. Are don't you know. a big stew boy? Okay, here's the real question. Oh, soup Super and stew. stew. Super stew depends on depends on the mood, I suppose. It depends on what you want to eat. I mean, I don't know if I'd be likely making soup straight up soup. I'd be more likely to make a stew, I guess. Yeah, Andrew makes soup once a week, like makes soup. How do you we feel about how about how do you feel about kimchi soup? Uh, I'm not a big kimchi guy. Andrea slams that shit, but I I don't know. I usually just give her mine. And one more, unless it's on a sandwich or something. Miso soup. No, I think that's pretty Sarah plain and tall, if you know what I mean. It's like it's literally just like, hey, do you want some miso soup before you eat your real food? Yeah, like I don't, I don't, I've never in my life thought I'm going to order some miso. Like, isn't that like, isn't ramen? Well, I mean, miso is like, like just just do that. Like, why would you go out of your way to have miso soup, bean soup? It's like, ah, we have food. miso in our fridge right now for soup purposes because Andrew makes it at home. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I I'm not a big miso guy. Because I'm just like, give me real food. Give you real food, not this, f- yeah. not fake news food. Yeah, I ain't, a, I ain't, a, I ain't all that shit. All right. Well, there you go, Sugarhead. I don't know if you were planning <laughs> on that to open up the doors of soup dump. But yeah, my slam. What was that about? Thirty minutes. My my, my, my my slam dunk is tomato. Okay. Yeah, you're a tomato kid. You look like one. Mm-hmm. 
You look like you'd have like an orange pop mustache on your face at all times. Orange pop mustache. Ugh. Eating tomato soup and drinking orange pop. You Ugh. look like one of those kids, like a redheaded kid. Ugh. Hey man, don't don't get mad at me just for orange telling it like soup. it is. Orange pop. Orange pop. Pop. Soda pop. Or- orange and soup is not. Yeah, there's where's where's the citrus soups? I can make you citrus soup. Actually, you know what's a common First Nation soup up here is berry soup. I've never had it, but I've heard about it. No. no. <laughs> okay. Justin Peterson writes. Oh, yeah, there he is. A24, scary laughs and sunny side up. Hey, oh. Jared and RJ, what's happening? As I listened to you guys talk for hours about countless horror movies that I had mostly never heard of, my ears did perk up during your renewed jabs at A24. Don't forget, this is the same studio that brought us creeps-approved picks like The Lighthouse and Swiss Army Man. Personally, I think they are a great studio that frequently puts out really unique indie-style films. But I already know your opinions on the films I have in mind, so we don't need to go down that road again. I don't know how the Gorky Foundation rep has the energy to comically protest like they do. I am already exhausted. So, Uh I mean, yeah, no, there's like lots of A24 movies we've liked. You know what I think it is, but hmm. I always say it. it's not A24 movies themselves. It's the uh, the culture, the fanboys, the A24, big, big A24 boys who, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. They're all Fight Club kids at heart. You know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's the best way I can describe I, it. Part of it is just like how they're presented on Letterboxd. And like, okay. Yeah. So another thing, though, too, is this... So at one point, it seemed like everyone was still putting out indie movies. And yeah. it seems like that's all kind of started to just totally collapse. And now it's like A24 is it. And it's that's like it. one day, someone's going to buy A24. I don't I don't want to like... Disney, you mean? <laughs> Disney, probably. Like some yeah. big studio is going to just acquire them. And then that, that'll be the, the beginning of the end. Because these guys will be like, they're going to buy... They're going to get bought out for, with an offer they can't refuse. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they'll kind of get absorbed into it. They might start off their own little thing, but the moment mm-hmm. will be gone. And I yep. think it, like, I remember reading some interview with them and they were talking about like, yeah, it's, these things always go in cycles, but like, I'm like, yeah. are they aware? Like, do they have that? I mean, they have to have some self-awareness when they say things like that, knowing that like, yeah, our time will come too. Uh, but it's just like, I don't know. Letterboxd mm-hmm. really presents them. And like, it seems like no, like, they have no competition. And mm-hmm. so all the, like, I mean, they acquire these movies. They started producing some. Uh, they had that deal. Is it with Apple TV? Mm, I'm not sure. Yeah, so, some deal like that. So who knows? Like, all that yeah. stuff, it just makes me, mm, I have I have suspicions. I, I saw I, a pie chart breakdown once, and I think it was, like, 50 to 60% Disney because they own everything. Yep. Uh, like, 30%, 30% like Warner Brothers and then like 10% A24. And it's like, that's it. That's the only, those are the only three movie production uh, studios anymore. It's just those three. So I don't know. Warner Brothers will probably last against Disney for a while, but I don't know what, maybe 20, 30 years. How, how are they going to compete with Marvel movies? <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens if movies exist the way that they did uh, in a year. Yeah. When, when the theater, well, actually, what's probably going to happen is all the the theater chains are going to get probably bought up 
by by, this, by the studios, like so yeah. each, which is like going back to the old days. And then there was a law that made it illegal for that to happen. And I think that just might have got overturned by a particular government. Sure. Uh, so that's out the window. And so it's like, oh, anyone can just buy your own theater and get to go to like the the corporate theater to see a particular movie. And that's it. So that's fantastic. And who knows? I mean, we're all going to be watching things streaming anyway for a while. For the next year, at least, it seems, right? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Which, like, fuck, I mean, most of the A24 movies that I've seen have all been... I should actually see. What am I, 50-50 for theatrical? No, not even. I saw Lady Bird. Well, I mean, see, what, what what's the point of even, like, missing out on movies like Lady Bird, where uh, you, you don't get to hear people get blowjobs in the back of the theater? True, true. Or you could you could just watch movies like Hubby Halloween from your friends at Netflix at at the comfort in your own home. A good close personal friends of Netflix. They're looking out for you, right? Remember that Charlie Sheen movie that A twenty four like started off with? No, oh, that, that had that ridiculous title. No, but I'm sure there's an A24 list. I know. Uh, oh, there's many. There's podcasts. There's lists. There's like. There's there's an A24 podcast that follows us or follows me at least because I'm really cool and stuff. But uh, I don't follow. I don't I don't listen to other podcasts, so I don't know if it's good. It's probably could be best. Probably for the best. Yeah, I agree. What is going on here? I just saw it because it's going to drive me nuts. What the hell's the name of that movie? With Charlie Sheen, is it Liberace? No. Or was that Martin? That's best behind the candelabra. Was it uh, being John Malkovich? No, it might have wanted to be like that though. This is maybe it's not. What the hell would it be called? Oh, is it Charles Swan? Is that the thing I'm thinking of? Yeah, a glimpse inside the mind of Charles Swan the Third. Yep, directed by old Roman Coppola. I do believe they distributed that. I don't actually see their name associated with it though on Letterboxd. Maybe they're trying to branch out and only be associated with First Cow. Oh, look at that. They were, but Letterbox doesn't want you to know that. They don't, they don't, they don't touch it on the, in the, the details studio. Hmm. Fascinating. Fascinating indeed. That movie's got an average rating of 2.0, and nobody likes that movie. What do you think our average rating is? Oh, man. Like zero point Nah, better. We're doing a little bit better than that. Very, I've, it's pretty rare to actually see anything below one. Even on Letterboxd. Hmm. Big if true. Big if true. Okay, so continuing on with this email. Yes. Go to yes. movie question of the week. Uh-huh. After really enjoying Brain Dead and absolutely hating the Greasy Strangler, I am interested <laughs> to hear what your favorite horror comedies are. In my opinion, you can never go wrong with Evil Dead 2, and What We Do in the Shadows also comes to mind. Uh. I'm sure you have lots to say about this. Well, um, yeah, it's like like comedy. Yeah, you, uh, you're not a big horror comedy fan, are you? Not really, because they never they yeah. usually aren't that funny. Uh, but if I had to like suggest, I think Tucker and Dale versus Evil's pretty charming. Yep. Are, are you a big fan of Behind the Mask? Right. Oh, am I ever, RJ? Got me dead to rights. <laughs> Uh, I, I think I might have more to say on this than you just Probably. Cause... I mean, okay. So yeah. I, I, this one list I'm looking at, they consider basket case movies, horror comedies. Mm. Uh, 
That's debatable. So so Frank Henenlauter like has made five, six at yeah. least. Uh, Frankenhooker. Yeah. That's that's fun. The return yeah, of the, a- the return of the living dead movies. Mm-hmm. The first one at least is uh, it's got some sweet monsters. Return of the Living Dead three is not really a horror comedy at all. I don't think. No, not really. That's like a love story. I prefer Evil Dead to Evil Dead two. Mm. Um, yeah. Let's so see here. hmm. See, oh, the other one. Like always, people always say Reanimator is a horror comedy. I'm like, I don't think I. I've never thought that. Yeah, not. I don't know. Disagree I don't, on that. Maybe, but I've never thought that. Toxic Adventure. <laughs> what about Beetlejuice? Hmm. That movie's barely a horror movie. True. It's more a comedy? Yeah. Yeah. It's about, it's about that fine line, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and yeah, and Brain Dead I haven't seen for quite a long time. Uh, I used to love it, but I have to rewatch it again. Hopefully it holds yeah, I, up. I watched it years and years ago. What oh, about the okay. not brain dead, but bad taste? You know, well, I'd have to rewatch Bad Taste too. Maybe I should just rewatch all of the PJ movies. Do you, do you need me to lend you my copy of Bad Taste? I've got Bad Taste. I think I watched yours first, and then I bought it afterwards because I thought it was wicked. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. The I think the slam dunk is Shaun of the Dead. Mm. By your favorite. I, I agree. Do you want to hear? Something really fucking horrible. What? So, well, I saw, well, do I? Well, well, I mean, it's not really hor- It's not horrible. It's nothing. But I just thought it was stupid. Um, so I saw this thing pop up and it was like, uh, oh, no, actually what it was was I was posting our Google School episode and I, w- I wanted to lead with something. And I was just like, because I was kind of brain dead. I was like, I don't have any good ideas. Like my my usual quippy, sharp comedy, Jarrett, wasn't hitting me that day. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what's a... I was like, what's a popular horror line of all time or something like that? I was like, maybe I'll put something in there, right? Like, Because uh, I've done stuff like that before. Uh, and then I, I pulled up this list. It was probably the first list if you Google, like, top horror lines of all time or some shit like that. Okay. And I think number three or number four on that list was Shaun of the Dead. Can you tell? Can you even just guess what the one of the most popular horror horror movie lines of all time in a like top twenty would have been from Shaun of the Dead? Oh, God. and it's not the one you would think. I bet you're gonna say one thing, and it's not that. No, you probably can't. I, you probably can't. I have no idea. My guess would have been the line about go down to the place to have oh. a, a pint or something. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that, Jared. And we you know what the fucking line was? What? It was, it's two in the fucking morning. That's it. End quote. Uh-huh. That is on a list of top 20 most famous horror movie <laughs> lines of all time. Wow. Further making Edgar Wright more, higher and higher on my shit list. <laughs> Did he write D- that list? Never, no. never get on the shit list, folks. RJ, will, RJ never forgets. I never forget. And I never forgive. Like an elephant. Never. But uh, yeah, I, I used to really like Shaun of the Dead. I just, uh, I don't know about Edgar Wright anymore. I don't know if I'll ever watch his movies again. <laughs> hey, you know what's a great horror comedy that I was going to rewatch this year, but I don't think I have the time? What? Uh, Death Becomes Her. I think that movie is really good. Never seen it, really. Really? Not not yeah. like from beginning to end, probably. Or if, And if yeah. I did, I don't remember anything about it. 
I think uh, the time for you is maybe past. I watched that as a little kid, and it legitimately scared me. So, uh, but it is a comedy. You know what else is a good comedy? Arachnophobia. You know what else is a good horror comedy? The Frighteners, which is also a Peter Jackson film. I know. I like The Frighteners. That's a movie. Wow. Then, of course, the the most obvious of them all, one of the greatest comedies ever. Ghostbusters, RJ. Uh, I don't even think that that's a comedy. <laughs> Me I know that sounds neither. really dumb. I I actually like Ghostbusters, but yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know if I would even consider it. Like, I think I think I like it. It's my good. my nostalgia for Ghostbusters is completely from the cartoon. Yeah, which is a good cartoon to mm-hmm. say the least. What about your favorite film, Drag Me to Hell? Which oh. Yeah, whatever you said there. <laughs> Allegedly a comedy. Yeah, no. No. Nah. Yeah, that's not a comedy. Just not a continues. good movie. Either. Yeah, what's he say? I never had any interest in watching Scream 4, but I was surprised to see that it actually course corrected from parts 2 and 3 and was really good. So with this in mind, if you could bring a dead horror franchise back to life with a new movie that was really good, which one would you pick? I would go with Gremlins. Huh? Um, yeah, there was talk of that like last year, but it never happened. Of course, there would be. Yeah, what how would you define franchise more than one? (laughs) I I guess so. Yeah, it's gonna be at least two. You know what I would say, and you might some people might be like, That's no horror, but I don't really give a shit because this is our podcast, we do what we feel like. Uh, what about Godzilla, Jarrett? Like, actually, a good Godzilla movie. Which I mean, we, you and me both had some enjoyment out of King of the Monsters, and uh, we Shin Godzilla minority. is good. Yeah, I, I like Shin Godzilla, but yeah. you know that's a franchise I would like. I would love to see like a a slam dunk return to form for. So, that's my that's my pick. Fuck. Well, I mean, I think we talked about it on Ghoul School, but I mean, I think it'd be maybe. Uh, oh. I would like to see a thirteenth Friday the Thirteenth movie. We did, we did. Yeah, that's. That, I think that would be some of my lazy go-to. Do you remember, like, two years ago when they were they were all, like in pre-production for a TV show that was going to be like uh, they claimed was going to be like Twin Peaks meets uh, the Archie TV show that Riverdale thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was in pre-production or something like that, and it almost happened, but almost too bad. Yeah, that would be. There we go. Uh, foodie question of the week. Oh, mm-hmm. Is it about soup? We're going to find out. Continuing on with the breakfast theme. Do you like okay. eggs and how do you like them cooked? After eating nothing but scrambled eggs my whole childhood, I am sick of them and I now prefer to cook up a whole couple of fried eggs each morning and cook them medium so the yolk is a little gooey but not runny. Also, mm. you can't go wrong with a loaded omelet and I don't think I've ever tried one of those burgers with a sunny side up egg on top. I have. Me too. Yeah, I uh, I found it good, but messy. But delicious. Yeah, delicious but messy. Yeah, yeah. So what uh, I know, uh, I, I'm gonna take your thunder from you a little bit. I think Jared eats two eggs every day. <laughs> Does he not? No, I don't, RJ. Because <gasps> what? <laughs> no, because uh, uh, I haven't talked about this, but it's sometime in the last like three, four months. I've developed an allergy to eggs. Get 
get the fuck out uh, of here. Yeah, yeah, you're telling you serious? me. serious? I am serious. My throat gets a little closey and a little tingly and I just mild anaphylactic shock. So unfortunately for me, eggs are off the menu. So I can't fucking eat eggs. I can't drink fucking coffee. This is like I, I, I'm a breakfast boy at heart and I cannot any longer be a breakfastman. This is, this is the biggest bullshit of them all. So this this is a triggering question. I don't appreciate it, Justin. How dare you? Uh-huh. Um, to answer in in the before times, though. Oh, yeah, I'd be cooking myself up uh, some hard boiled eggs or medium okay. bo- boiled eggs because I like that okay. gooey yolk in the middle. And yeah, omelets, eggs, eggs and anything. I love eggs. So I uh, follow carb- up question. Prima, uh, carbonara. Oh, carbonara is the best. I, we make carbonara once a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, follow-up question, Jared. Can you eat eggs when they're in other things? If they are thoroughly cooked into like a baked thing, I can eat them. Yeah. But something like French toast, no. Yeah, I was just going to say the big the big one there would be like French toast bread pudding because that's got like 50 eggs in it. Yeah, that – I mean, I don't know. I'll have hmm. to, I haven't tried just yolk by itself, but I did try egg white by itself, and uh, sure enough, and it takes like a couple hours for it to go away. It sucks, and the only and the only hmm. reason I think I really noticed it at all at the beginning was, like you know, in our COVID times, mm-hmm. when you start getting like a weird sore throat, you're like, oh god, mm-hmm. something's happening. But then it would go away, and I was like, what's going on? And like it seems fine, but then I noticed that like, huh. This is happening every time I eat eggs and only when I eat eggs in the morning and I would skip them and then suddenly I wouldn't have that problem and then I'd eat them and then it would reappear and I was like, oh, I, uh, so I, I think I have a, some, a possible solution if you are willing to, if you would like to try to get back into eggs, go on. Do you ever take antihistamines? Nope. I would recommend if you want to try uh, because when I was working with rats, I had to, I was on prescription antihistamines, but even with just normal foods, if you take one in the morning, about half an hour before you're going to do something you might be allergic to, then it usually kind of helps it. So if you ever want to try eggs again, pop an antihistamine about an hour before. The only thing is you will get a fuzzy brain. Are we, are we going to have to put a warning, uh, before this podcast and around this segment to be like, Audrey Baylog is not a doctor, has no medical experience. <laughs> I think that's warning from... <laughs> enough. This is an opinion-based uh, character played for a podcast. Uh, I'm not recommending if you're like uh, deathly allergic to nuts, don't take like an antihistamine and then go, go don't take a Claritin and it's like, I'll give it a try. Don't, uh, don't listen to RJ. Uh, don't do that. If you, if you, if you have been stop immediately. Who 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 do you think has been listening to me? Seriously, RJ, what kind of eggs do you like? I like all eggs, exactly. baby. See, this is this is the thing. Eggs are mm-hmm. amazing when they when I, they when they don't cause you to have problems swallowing. Yeah, I'm a big uh, egg salad boy. I love egg salad sandwiches. I like to eat them open face though. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, eggs. When yeah. what, what we got a problem with closed. Dude. I think you just get more bang for your buck. So if you boil like three eggs, you toast two pieces of toast, you whip up them eggs and you put them on each piece. It's just like, it's, it's easier to eat. I like to salt the whole thing. You just kind of clam it in and you really get the egg. 
you really get the egg, Jared. Okay. So uh, egg salad, big big egg salad boy. I eat that shit in the lunchroom all the time. I don't give a fuck. I don't care if it stinks. I don't care. Uh, scrambled eggs, get them. Over easy eggs, ugh, that's mm-hmm. my bread and butter right there. Yep. We also uh, we also experimented a lot. Um, well, not even experimented. We've been making it forever. But uh, I like an over easy egg on toast. You just mash it in. Or uh, we we get English muffins a lot. Little little McMuffin at home. It's the best. It's the best, Jerry. Yeah. It's the best. It's the best. I love eggs. Get them. Yeah. Yeah. Eggs are uh, creeps approved with an asterisk. We, with, so a, the new, with, a, with a sad face. With a sad face. You know what we've been doing since quarantine? Or like we were getting the Costco pack, which is five dozen eggs, and we were flying through it like within a week and a half. Oh, yeah. You find out that they are an essential, though, in so much cooking. Oh, yeah, for sure. And yeah. everything. Put an egg in it. Put an egg on that. Mm-hmm. Finally, some toy talk. Oh, were, baby. Were you guys big Lego boys growing up? And if so, what were your favorite sets? My middle son is obsessed with Legos, but pretty much all the sets they have these days are Harry Potter, Lego Movie, Star Wars, Jurassic Park, City Legos, and Ninjago. Ninjago? Mm. Is that how that's pronounced? Ninjago? Ninjago. 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 Okay. Come on, I, I had just one Castle of Knights set that I played with as a kid, and it is a shame they don't really sell sets like that anymore. Thanks for the time, Jensen. I hope you have an awesome rest of your Creeptober. Tonight, I will be checking out one of Jared's recommendations, Angst. Cheers. Oh, Angst. I don't, I don't think I've seen that film. Oh, I would, yeah, that's not a movie I would necessarily recommend for RJ. It's hard to say. Tough. It's a, it hits people different ways. Mm. Why well, I, I wish him the best of luck. That's yeah. uh, chasing that creeptober goal is. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you and me are the biggest advocates of that, so I hope it works for him. Um, Lego, you know who was a big Lego kid? Friend of the show, Ryan Nagel. That dude had a ton of Lego. Uh, he had really cool sets. Um, I never had the coolest Lego. I was more. Uh, I was more into the other toys I've talked about. But uh, Ryan always had wicked Lego, so I'd go mm-hmm. over there to play. But you know what my you know what my grandparents had, which I'm pretty sure every grandparent in the world had, was mega blocks. Oh. We would build the fuck out of some mega block swords and just smash each other with them. You know, right? Yeah, that's yeah, all you can do with mega blocks. M- mega blocks are the the definitely the chump change of yeah, the uh, of the toy world. I I, I think. Uh, but yeah, uh-huh. Lego man, I I did love Lego when I was, I was a kid, but Lego sets were expensive. Yes. relative to what they were and how much fuck i can't believe in like even now they're like still like <laughs> quite expensive i think yes, they are even probably more so because nerds are buying them fucking fucking finn balor you know that you know that finn balor oh he's a big Lego uh, isn't boy. he for the people uh or what was his thing finn ba- balor for everyone or something he, like he, that? he was like the the demon or something like that <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! Hey, how long has it been since you watched wrestling? Oh, a couple year. year, couple years now. I mean, I've watched like some random non WWE things, but yeah, it's, it's, out, of, it's out of rotation. But uh, this this castle night set that Justin talks about, I wanted mm-hmm. that thing. I think my cousins had it, and it was really cool because I think it, there was a dragon and stuff like that. Some really cool fantasy stuff. And yeah, I got to say that uh, I too have noticed that all the Lego sets now they're all fucking. Themed. The, the, these Harry Potter, and they t- they tell you what they're supposed to be, yeah, which is, uh, which is I think counterproductive to what Lego should be all about. 
Hell yeah, man. But you can do uh, you can do all sorts of uh, different things. I do believe I saw Justin post a picture of one of his son's projects that he did. And it uh, looked pretty cool. Looked quite above what I was doing when I was a kid. It was a pretty good show? Pretty good showing. Cool. No. Cool. I like that. For favorite sets, so I had this one. It was, um, and I think that's one of the weird things I follow on Twitter. And they post just like old Lego sets, and they went through a phase where they were posting all these like like planet exploration space ones. And the, I had I had a, for whatever reason I wound up with a few of these. And there was this one where it was like a giant like tower, and like the head was detachable and was like a little shuttle. But there was this really great looking guy that popped came out of that. It was like very uh, he was always my stand-in Darth Vader. Because he was all in black. And this was, of course, long before there would ever be anything like a Darth Vader Lego, which is now old hat. Because <laughs> that's all they do now is Star Wars Legos. It's it's very old hat, very worn out. Uh, Jared, can I ask you a question? No. Well, I guess I'm done with the podcast. Wow. Uh, have you ever seen the Lego movie? Yes, nor no. I've seen that Lego Batman. Okay, the Lego movie itself, a lot of the ideals and philosophies that you just laid down, I think, are presented in that film. So you might actually get something out of that what, what, film. What, what things? Uh, your talk of, like, the creativity of Lego sets based on themes and things like that. Like, the Lego movie is very self-aware of those things, and yeah. I think it's all about creativity and yeah, go getting outside of the box, Jared. Going back to the, well, the good it, old days. Of I, Lego. I feel it's about licensing and making things that, it is to that sell to people. <laughs> like that's yeah. what it. That's actually what uh, that company is all about. It's about the, the, the shareholder and making them happy. And uh, mm-hmm. you get. The, I, I mean, as a kid, I would have fucking lost my mind if they were doing Star Wars Lego. I would be so into it. Uh, and like, yeah, I mean, so it makes kids happy, I guess. But I mean, I, we had to settle for like, oh, it's it's knights. It's just a generic fantasy setting. But that was really cool too. It was. It's, it's it's what was available to us. I don't know how that stuff would sit hell now. And then Ninjango, though, man, that's like that stuff's still going hard. Like that's, that's been around for a long time. Really big. Uh, don't even bring up Bionicle because that's uh, oh, that's yeah. got all sorts of uh, all sorts of turmoil related to that stuff. Whew. Next. Hey, do we have more emails? We do. Holy fuck. Okay. Uh, we're doing it, buddy. Yeah, rip it. Uh, from Actium. Jackson Maximus? Correct. Interesting. It's an email titled Cassavetes. Ooh. Hey, creeps. First and foremost, in regards to Cassavetes, I checked out those two films he directed between Shadows and Faces. <laughs> Woof. I yeah. would not recommend anyone check them out. More so, a child is waiting. <laughs> Wow. I uh, consider it done, sir. Yeah, no problem there. <laughs> Since it's Creeptober, I thought I'd have a go at rewatching and completing Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, and Friday the 13th. What are okay. some other horror franchises that you'd recommend? They don't have to be good. Lord knows the Halloween sequels aren't, but I'd rather watch that than more Bergman. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's very true. Thanks and very keep up true. the excellent work. Actium Jackson Maximus. God damn. Ah, it's good to hear from him. Franchises. What are? So wait, what did what? he say? Nightmare, not Nightmare, the... not Friday, and not Halloween. Yes. Can I interest him in Criterion Spine One Thousand Godzilla? 
Oh, he was all pissed off about it being spine 1000. Uh, uh, everyone was, ex- wow. except for me and you, I think. Wow, yeah. Or us Godzilla boys. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's only like 30 movies. He, Based on what I know about Jackson, he could finish that in about a day. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I would recommend... Uh, he okay, said... what the fuck? Okay, I just typed in horror what? franchises. Okay. And some of the movies that pop up immediately on old fucking Google is okay. underwater. That there's, there's, that wasn't there's even, literally there's one, a, there's one or apostle. What the fuck? Those are barely, barely even a single movie, let alone franchises. God, worthless. Worthless. Okay. Yeah. See. So what do we got here? Uh, hmm. Let's talk out loud. It's like soup all over again. It is like soup all over again. We got that Alien franchise. I mean, Alien's pretty good. I mean, but Alien Three is pretty good. There's that again. This starts turning to that line of sci-fi and horror, where they kind of blur in. It's like, is is it a kind of a cheat? I mean, the first Alien, it's it's the uh, haunted house in space, and then Alien Two is an action movie, and then the third one is sci-fi in prison. I don't. It's got horrific elements, but does it make it horror? I don't know. Uh, questionable, but I I do think Alien Alien One is the best of the aliens. Yeah. Okay. How is Beetle? How is Beetlejuice? On this? Because they they're threatening us. They've been threatening a sequel for twenty years. I don't, what? Uh, <laughs> the Blair Witch franchise. That's barely a, oh, barely a franchise. Blade action. Um, yeah. Child's Play, a.k.a. Charles Play. No. Nope, nope, nope. Well, it's not. you don't have to watch these. No, I. but would you recommend Child's Play franchise to him? Sure. Absolutely. The... Absolutely. Watch, okay. watch, watch, watch uh, The Adventures of Charles. What about The Exorcist franchise, just so you can watch Exorcist 3? And 1. And Dominion. <laughs> oh. Yeah, there's that. The Omen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Conjuring universe. Mm. Don't watch Critters or Ghoulies. <laughs> Just don't. No, neither Critters or Ghoulies are are very good. But you know what movies would be worth watching? Tremors. Would they? No, I, would they? I, 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 I I've only ever seen the first one. Uh, I've seen Tremors two. I haven't seen the other ones, but you know, or maybe I've seen three also. But I recommend. I I remember that Jackson was talking about like when a good entry point for him would be. What if it was a Tremors-themed episode? <laughs> Just throwing it out there. I don't know. Tremors. I don't know. Well, it's got to get in there. Uh, oh, man. This this is a Nosferatu. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, that's like, you know what's a great horror franchise? The, uh, the uh, Jean Malay movies. Yeah. Or Dr. Caligari. What a, what a great franchise. Yeah. Huh. Whew, okay, uh the oh, goddamn Snake Pliskin Chronicles. <laughs> That's those aren't th- th- this movies. this is on the horror film franchise's Wikipedia page here. That's horseshit. Oh fuck uh I I think Jackson needs to do Saw. Ooh, I'd love to get his I I would love his reviews on each one of those because I've only mm-hmm. seen up to three. So uh... I've seen all of them but the most recent. And okay. ob- and obviously the one that hasn't come out yet, Spiral, yeah. but the Chris Rock one. Yeah. That one looks good. Promising. Uh, Phantasm. Why the fuck not? Mm-mm. Well, uh, why the fuck? Uh, well, no, RJ, why the fuck not? 
I mean, if he's going to watch them, sure. I don't, as long as I don't have to rewatch them. There you go. Hey, you know what I think would actually be my answer for Jackson? What? The obvious answer is Universal Monsters and Hammer Horror. And he can he can prioritize. He could do like Dracula's Universal, Dracula's Hammer, Frankenstein Universal's Frankenstein Hammer, Invisible Man. Like, there's a there's so many, Jared. Mm-hmm. So many. All right, all right. There you go. Some answers. Answers. And one last email <gasps> from Sam Sanchez. Oh, baby. No subject. Okay. Oh, my. Hey, guys. Listen to your splendid ghoul school last week where a one Jared Duncan proclaimed, quote, sometimes baby's head just gets torn open by cocks, unquote. Yeah. Uh... You had a lot of problematic uh, lines in that uh, uh... In, in general. Uh... Am I going to have to really? Re- uh, am I going to have to release the full episode and see how uh, I've been getting screwed over by this podcast? What do you mean the full episode? The full what episode. Was co- I got. What play- was compromising that was off air? This is this this podcast bullshit, man. <laughs> Who's editing this crap? Making me know, making me make, making me look bad. Who yeah, would, exactly. Who would say something like that? That's disgusting. I think there was one occurrence when I was like, "Hey, you should edit this thing out that I said," and you went, "No." I'm going to leave it. <laughs> Just going to remind RJ of that and what kind of man he's working with. I'm aware. I've been saying since day one that Jared's uh, a bad but I did, But I didn't say that. Did you not? No. Well, I, Who are you going to believe? Was, Sam totally Sanchez? Believable. He's more who's, reputable who's than that? you are. Who is that? He, 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 is, he doesn't even title easy. his emails. Yeah, but he's easily more trustworthy than you. Who... One hundred percent. The sickness that comes, like whose mind comes up with something like that? Hey, you know what? You know what I recommend Sam does. Reach out to me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Give oh. me your address. Oh, that's, okay. Here, this more. Here we go again. Give me your address. Let me know what's up. Uh, okay. So we got here on that. Sam continues. Okay. On that episode, also wanted to comment in the interesting pronunciation of La Lorona. <laughs> by Jared, where it sounds like a Jess Franco title. As mm-hmm. a Spanish speaker, felt the need to give a little tip. The double L makes a Y sound in Spanish, as found in quesadilla. Quesadilla? Oh, there, see, thank you, RJ. Mm-hmm. So, Yorona would La be pronounced Yorona. closer, Yorona, rather than Lorna. Well, Jared, do you want to hear something crazy? Actually, you go first, and then I'll tell you no, crazy. You know, is this that is this that solo salo shit again? It could be. Fuck, it could be. I was gonna say though, I got ninety eight percent in Spanish ten, uh, mm-hmm. about sixteen, seventeen years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, not that long ago, but uh, I believe it is La Llorona. Llorona, like Llorona. it's like Corona, but with a Y. Okay, so a y. why don't they spell it that way? Uh, because they are entitled to assholes. their individual. Did you say Aspergers? Assholes. Oh, that's better than Aspergers. I was going to say, whoa. RJ. I, I don't think the language is. RJ. Yeah. You got to remember, people are listening and they're going to, e- they're, going, they're going to email us next week and they're going to, I didn't... and they're going to quote back what you said to them. I didn't say that. It was my opinion. I was saying, wait a minute. Did, is this what you said? I just need a clarification because the ghoul is ever present. I'm, I'm going to put the episode up before they do. That's all I'm going to say. Edit that out. Edit that out. 
also been meaning yeah. to suggest you boys watch 1930s, 1938's The Childhood of Maxim Gorky, directed oh. by Mark Donskoy. <laughs> Have I seen it? No, but it's been on my watch list for quite a while, actually. And I think you owe to your mysterious listener to watch it. I, I yeah, I think probably we do. The Childhood of Maxim Gorky. My goodness. I, I not only agree, but I think it's a great idea. And let's go to Just Watch and is, let's see if this is available. Or is, it, or is it just on YouTube? It is on something called Pantaflex for $4. What? Uh, but here is a tagline. One of the noblest achievements of the pre-war period of Soviet cinema by Jay Vida Kino, a history of Russia and Soviet film. Oh, look, look, RJ. I just Google searched it and it is on YouTube. Yeah, I don't know what Google is. I'm more of a... And uh, it's closed captioned. I'm more of an Ask Jeeves guy. So. And hey, you know what? The picture here looks pretty good. Well... Once Creeptober is over, I, I will give it a watch. Okay. Solemn promise. Lastly, what are some mm-hmm. horror video games you guys are into? I'm pretty sure it's been addressed, but I don't remember. Your discussion of Larry. Oh, uh, your discussion of Larry Fessenden made me remember the game Until Dawn, which I thought was actually a lot of fun and a fun game to play with other people around, or at least a loved one. I believe it's written by Larry Fessenden, and Fessenden in the game. Uh, as well as Peter Stormare, Rami Malek, mm. and Hayden Pantier. Panettiere? Panettiere? She was the cheerleader, cheerleader in Heroes, the TV show. Oh. Hayden Panettiere. An all-star cast. <laughs> and are there Wendigos in the game? You betcha. That's cool. All right, guys. Keep watching for that next Ghoul School. No problem, Sam. God, it's good to hear from him. I, haven't, I feel like it's been forever from sam sanchez mm-hmm. at least two uh, weeks at least two weeks um i mean for horror video games i don't think it gets any better than castlevania that shit is the tits <sighs> that oh wow what is that not used anymore is that that can be any gender mm-hmm. so everyone <laughs> has them right yeah unless yeah. you got them removed could be tits on a boar sure sure so i think castlevania is real wicked what about you jared well what's the the basic b pick silent hill silent hill or resident evil i mean those are oh man i i played i played a lot of resident evil too yeah neither of them are bad they're they're both really good franchises but those are probably the most well known i tried playing four and i i didn't really get into that one even though that's the one that everybody loves I have all of the Resident Evils on GameCube, but I've never played them. Do you think I should give it a go? I, I have them on GameCube as well. <gasps> I got that Nemesis. That's, cool. That's yeah. three, right? That one's hard to hard come by. Well, uh, it took me a long cause, time to get it. Because they're at my house. Yeah. Fuck, Eternal they're, they're Darkness at, is another they're, GameCube. God damn, there is a Resident yeah. Evil. I have that as well. And yeah, I do too. Uh, Resident Evil 7 exists. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. Well, isn't it up to like nine or some something no, like that? Really? Fuck. Is see, it up to seven? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Eternal Darkness. I've got. Uh, how about those Five Nights at Freddy's? <laughs> I've never played. I've seen a lot of their merchandise. PT. Isn't that the one that never came out? That's that was the Junji Ito. Yeah. Uh, Guillermo. Guillermo. 
one, yeah. Which was the only reason it didn't succeed was because oh, Guillermo del it's Toro the, was attached. It's the playable teaser, PT. Mm-hmm. You know what? I played the fuck out of when I was in uh, condemned. Uh, when I went to uh, first year of university, not condemned. Uh, why left not? For dead. Why not? Why not condemned? I've never never played, but Left for Dead was my jam. Hundred percent. What was that one game that people got really antsy about? Manhunt. With like, it's got uh, Brian yeah. Co- Brian Cox narrates it, and he's like telling you to kill people. Yeah, <laughs> Brian Cox. Brian. Yes. Yeah. No. It's... Get out of here. What are you talking about? Look it up. Look it that's up. not fucking real. I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna. I'm not gonna dignify that with a Google search because I know it's not real. It's a, it's a stealth based game from Rockstar Games, and uh, get the fuck out of here. Wait, people got all like upset about it because it's like because Brian Cox encourages you to kill. <laughs> Whatever. I'm, if he I, says it, I'm sure it's fine. Well, unless I am lying. You could be. I think you. Oh no no are. shit yeah. So the player assumes the role of James Earl Cash. Voiced by okay. Stephen Wilfong, a death row criminal who is now abducted by sadistic, disgraced filmmaker Lionel Starkweather, uh, the director, played by Brian Cox, so that he huh. could take part in a series of snuff films during the first stages of the game. Uh, Starkweather snuff. remains unseen and gives cash instructions through an earpiece. You know what that sounds like, kind of, is uh, I didn't bring it up during Videodrome because that was like a million hour of an episode. But uh, that book I read, Night Film, that's really similar to that, too. And they all kind of come back to Videodrome in a, in a way. And Night Film is supposed to be a movie. I think Spielberg bought the rights to that, which is weird. Huh. By that uh, lady writer, Sarah Pischel or something like that. I don't know. It, was, it, was, it wasn't it was a bad book, but uh, there were there were a few weird things. Hey, you know what? You know what's a horror game? I played this calendar year, Jarrett. What? Little Nightmares. That was pretty fun. Little Nightmares. Don't know it. I think you should Google image it because I think you would like the some of the character designs. They're pretty cool. There's really fat boys, guys with huge long arms. Cool stuff. Is there anything from the vampire's point of view? Uh, I would like something like what if the house you had it the house's perspective? What if the house was alive? Like the Jesse Jacobs comic? Sure. They Live in Me? They Live Inside Me? That's a really good comic, folks. Uh, you ever play that Deadly Premonition? Uh, I've heard it was very good. I think I own it, uh, but I don't think I've ever... Yeah. I've never played it. I feel like that's a, that's a common thing with a lot of video games, though. Oh, yeah, there was the Thing video game. Uh, I heard the Thing board game was not bad. Yep. Uh, but... Oh, and you've probably never played System Shock 2. No, I have not. But uh, you know what I've seen people play that looks kind of fun is the Friday the 13th game. Oof. Or, or no, looked, sorry. Okay. The new, not the original NES no, one. No, 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 no. Or whatever. No, 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 okay. no, no, Okay, yeah, you're talking about the... One the new play, one. The one you can play with your friends. Yeah, yeah now that, that that got taken down, right? Uh, I think it still exists. Oh. Like, they, they made physical copies of that game. Oh, I thought they, like, something happened where it there, was now... Or they there can't, was... Something happened. Yeah. Uh, there was a dispute, but yeah. You know what game I thought looked so cool as a kid, and it just it never lived up to your hopes and dreams? Splatterhouse. Ooh. What? Splatterhouse looks awesome. I know it. I know, but it's not a good. It's not good. 
man. I, uh, I've seen so rad. many stills from that game, and like the designs. Oh yeah, oh. The, the packaging and like everything about it looks right. But man, yep. I don't know. I I I remember playing as a kid thinking this is gonna be the most fucked up shit that's ever existed. Mm-hmm. How about uh Twisted Metal? I mean, it's like horror tinged. Thing. I uh well, here's a good question. This could be a question for another day. People could email in. What's your Twisted Metal character, Jared? Oh, I'm, I'm just looking at the artwork for Splatterhouse Part Three. Ooh. Ooh, I uh, I think Axel was one that uh, was okay for Twisted Metal. The dude who had like it was just huge, huge wheels, or something <sighs> like that. You see, so you ever play Clock Tower games? Fatal Frame. Uh, I've heard of Fatal Frame. But you like I... that? You like that Left for Dead series? Left for Dead is awesome. Is that the dude. one that's in the mall? Uh, it no. There's a whole storyline. I think there's a level in the mall, but uh, oh, okay. It's four of you, and then like when it was online, you could play. You played as the humans, and then as the zombies. As, as oh, a, it was so good. A sandbox game. I, uh, what does that mean? Uh, <laughs> sandbox. Yeah. Hey, you ever played Alan Wake? That's a psychological. Oh, yeah. Alan Wake. Another one of those like pseudo Twin Peaks games, like Deadly Premonition. Yep. 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 I know. I know. I know. I know about games. I heard you know about games. You just don't play them, right? Correct. But I mean, that's the same with me. I own a lot of games. I just don't play any of them. Oh, let's look at this shit. Slender, the eight pages. Darkwood. Nah, get, get that fucking out of here. What is this stuff? Dead by Daylight. That's really popular. I've never played it. I don't but, know. I don't. Uh, I don't know that one at all. I see that shit all the time on like Reddit and stuff. People are really into it. It's kind of like a Friday the Thirteenth. Like, oh, um, that's what. Okay, you I, know, you know what though? I think the poster for this thing's kind of the stink because I don't know what I'm looking yeah. at until I actually like zoom in on it, and then it's like, those are some very, uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Everyone else's design's a little bit better than that, but yeah. I, I can see everybody has like a weird like Casey Jones fetish. I get it. I understand. People want to be like the Purge, but Casey Jones. Who doesn't want to be like Casey Jones? I don't know anything about this game, but I'm just, I'm going to say what I see and talk out everyone, loud. I'm, I'm, everyone gonna, I'm podcasting. Be, you I'm are po- podcasting. Everyone yeah. wants to be Casey Jones, but they're really Vernon. Do you oh, know what I mean? Mm, I, I, I hear you. Uh, oh, yeah. Dead Space was like people loved that. For a while. What about what about Dark Souls, RJ? I've never tried. Oh, yeah, I've heard a you, lot you, about you, it. Because you're not on the Sony. I'm I'm not a Sony dude. I fuck them. It's the same as Apple. Sony, Apple, get the fuck out of here, <sighs> brother. Brother. Well, I think we did it. I think that's all the emails. Sure. We we cool. spent like an hour, an hour talking about them. <sighs> here I was afraid we wouldn't be able to do it, but here we are. Mhm. Mhm. Hey RJ. Uh, <clears throat> Yo. You uh you watch any movies this week? Nope. Nope. Cool. Uh, do you want to hear about Hubby Halloween? Because I promised it last week. That's okay. the only one I'll talk about. Okay, sounds good. So, what do you know about Hubby Halloween? I know Jared? it's I know it's an Adam Sandler movie on Netflix. Uh, it is, and it it's and it's and it's. And, I I would assume it's Hubby, but I don't. That's know. That's his you, the, the character's first name. Is Hubby? It's, I think it's Hubie. You saw you watched the movie. You don't even know. Yeah, I can't remember. Jesus. <laughs> what do What do you know? About this movie nothing i know absolutely nothing other than it's an adam sandler movie on netflix and it's one that he like made it's not like uncut gems adam sandler this is mm-hmm. adam sandler adam sandler 
Well, a lot of people are because there was all that hype about it where he was saying he's like, if Uncut Gems doesn't get nominated for anything, I'm gonna make a movie so bad y'all will regret it. <laughs> and I mean, this is the next movie to come out, so everyone thought it was this. But you know what? I'm gonna rock your world a little bit here, Jared. Who be Halloween is not a bad show. It's not bad. It's not that bad. It's not. It's, it's it's not a it's not a pretty good show. It's not a bad show. Not a bad show. It's better than Sandy Wexler, 100. percent Wow, wow. That movie is so fucking boring. Um, so who be Halloween? Uh, Jerry, have you ever wanted to see a few of Adam Sandler's characters combined? What do you mean? What if Bobby Boucher from The Water Boy and Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore were combined into one character? Into oh they're combined into one character. Yeah, I don't want that. Well then, you well, isn't do not that, want to watch Hubie Halloween? Isn't that just like all all of his movies are just variations on the same yes, yes persona? Yeah, and someone pointed out that in all these movies, all the like love interest for him, they're all uh, their initials are VV. So like uh, like Veronica Vaughn, Vicky Valancourt, and then in this one it is Violet Valentine. So they're all like VV initials for his love interest. But anyways, Hubie Dubois uh-huh. lives in Salem, Massachusetts. And I would uh, the water boy. You want to repeat that? Uh, Hubie Dubois lives in Salem. Yep. And he is the closest to uh, to the water boy character, I would say. He's not like as gifted as the water boy is but he speaks in a way he has a speech impediment of some sort so (laughs) Ah, that's that's funny yeah the characters are in that way and when you first hear him talk jared i uh i kind of he was talking and i just really slowly panned over to andrea and i was like i was like there's no way this is happening right now because it's you're like no way they're doing this but they do they go for it a hundred percent Hmm. Uh, so this movie, Jared, it's not that bad. It's better than some of the other ones he's made. And I think it's probably the Halloween charm is uh, appealing to me. But uh, it's about a guy who loves Halloween, but he is absolutely terrified of Halloween. Okay. So he loves it. He sets up Halloween stuff for all the kids because he wants them to have fun. But anytime someone like talks to him, he's like absolutely terrified and like screams. That's what this movie is about. You also have all the usual suspects. And then uh, this movie actually has um, some it, it has real crossover to Billy Madison. Like there's characters from Billy or not uh, not Billy Madison. Sorry. Happy Gilmore. There's Happy Gilmore characters in this movie. So you might be interested for that reason. Uh, but your buddy Ray Liotta is also in this as an old pervert. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I mean, that seems gonna... redundant. A little bit. Oh, yeah. you see, you see, really, Ray Liotta's in it. Mm-hmm. Um, people will probably give me shit for this because I think this movie's okay. It's it's not that bad. But the big thing, the big, all I want to talk about is this movie has a scene where he is um, drinking soup on the toilet, and I think it is a triumphant. I I would never eat eat food on the toilet, but I think the consumption of hot liquids. This is part of part of the movement towards normalizing that so it's something to note for sure okay 
something of note. But uh, I I don't think it's that bad actually. I we got something out of it. It is. I think you really got to get past the first five minutes because in the first five minutes there is some bad bad <laughs> Netflixy stuff, and you're like, whoa. Uh, get past the first five, and then you'll probably be fine. So, I are see. you gonna check it out? No. Okay, good I'm, enough. Yeah, under no circumstance. Good enough. Would you like to talk about any movies, Jared? I don't know. Is there anything you'd want to hear about that I've watched? Anything? I mean, you, I, I I can't keep up. Like, with what it's you're watching. going to be impo- It's going to be impossible for me to cover everything next week. That's that's the truth. So, is there anything you'd like to talk about now? And I mean, you can roll over to the week after as well. I mean, after Halloween, I know for sure. Um, I mean, I could talk about how I think. So I've like I've actually fallen quite into the two B hole. Okay. Oh, and how is it? Pretty decent. I mean, you, you, you have to put up with the ads, but I think yeah. that they have like a a deeper library than uh, they, a many, they, especially for horror. They have way more horror things than. Yeah. Fuck. Sometimes I'm like, I have no idea what I want to watch on Shutter, a fucking horror streaming service, mm-hmm. and then I go over on Tubi and I've watched like ten movies. I I'm so happy you say that because it's like I said last week. Tubi has been the best of the streaming services to me because even though it has ads, they are there's not that many, they're not that long, and it's not too jarring. Where the one movie I watched on CTV for free was like an ad every six minutes or something. It was Ugh, horrible. That's it was horrible. A, that's not good because one of the movies I wanted to watch was on CTV. Uh, it's it's my uh, from the cinema score of F collection uh, yeah. in the cut, and that's on uh-huh. CTV and it's two hours long. So I can only imagine watching uh, ads every six minutes would be pretty rough. Here's how they trick you, though, dude. The first twenty minutes are ad free, mm-hmm. and then they then they hit you with the ads for the rest of the movie. Unless you go premium. Unless you go premium, but that's horseshit. So yeah, that's not good. Not so. Good. Uh, what about what about Tubi? Tell me about it. Uh, what did I watch on Tubi? Well, I I started to watch uh, a a real corpse pick mm. called Dude Bro Party Massacre Three. Oh yeah, that sounds corpsey. I I tapped. I tapped after about fifteen minutes because I just knew that this wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not happening. I'm not, I don't care that Padden Oswald's in this. I just don't, oh. I don't care. Yeah. This this is okay. this is not my heart's not in this, and I'll, I'll just get angry if I keep watching this. So I moved on. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, but I did watch a movie that I think is uh pretty pretty good called pretty Killer good Killer Sofa. Ooh, from 2019. This is a film from from as Arjun would say, New Zealand mate. Oh crikey! Yeah. I'm all of a grain shot. So, <laughs> so yeah, from New Zealand and uh, Killer Sofa though. So this is from like last year. It falls into uh, I think a, a little while ago. Uh, Justin had asked like, what's one of our like favorite like horror tropes or subgenres and inanimate killer objects. They're like that's that's my jam. Mm-hmm. Uh, like killer like, condom. Yeah, exactly. Like killer condom. Mm-hmm. It's one of one of the gotcha. one, like deathbed. <laughs> yeah. Killer cart. Treevenge. The mm-hmm. lift. RJ. The lift. Ah. Uh-huh. The mangler. Maximum overdrive. Rubber. Yeah. All, all very, good stuff. All good stuff. So yeah, I don't know. People fucking shit on killer sofa. This thing's got like a two point average. It's all ones, twos, one and a halfs, twos. I'm like, what? What the fuck? This is like. Mm-hmm. Like 
I don't know. There's something pretty pretty special about a killer recliner. So wait, 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 wait. It's a sofa or it's a recliner? Well, or it's the a title, sofa that the t- has recliner chairs. It is a recliner. Okay. But you don't put killer recliner on your poster. Killer sofa fits on the poster. Okay. And it is not about that. So lots of people on Letterboxd, they all go, this is a recliner, not a sofa. Gotcha. And it's like, yeah, that's fine. It's very, very funny. But the the artisanal film craft RJ on display, the, oh. the simplicity of putting two big buttons on the like mm-hmm. the front of the of this recliner and then just lighting them so it looks like their eyes mm-hmm. brilliant and it's just so subtle hitchcockian really mm-hmm. really that that does sound cool actually so i yeah i would uh i, would I recommend, might add it to I, i'd reckon it's on tubi it won't cost mm-hmm. you anything other than some shithouse ads mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh the acting's fine uh it's about a dancer who apparently she even comments in it that like sh- her she makes men do crazy things and she doesn't know how what kind she, of crazy things i don't know like they never show well they do but oh. don't want to get into it okay that's fair but yeah uh she winds up with a uh a dubic a dubic you know you know, you know about dubics you might have to explain that one to me. Uh, it's, I guess it's kind of like, I don't know. What's that movie that Dybbuk's in it recently? Jewish Evil Spirits. I like am the, like, completely go, go, go. lost. Fuck, I'm trying to remember. There was a movie that recently had the, the Dybbuk in it. Hereditary? Probably. Sinister? Insidious? Any any one of those. Film. Uh, there's a movie called uh, The Dybbuk. Uh, one of the classics of Yiddish filmmaking from 1937. Oh, look at that. That's pretty good. Oh, shit. Is it any one of these movies? Love and Death? Come on. Okay. What Woody Allen's with Love and Death? That's not the movie I'm thinking of. Huh. I'm just scanning through here to see what movie I'm, what I'm thinking of. Mm, well, I think it's mentioned in Ghostbusters. Or the huh. sorry, the animated one. There it is. There you go. That's why it's. Confusing. That's what I'm remembering from when I was, like, five. Hmm. Okay. Very big, very big. But yeah, no. I. Yeah. It is a. I think a, a very decent. Like for, as far as like things that you find on Tubi, you've never heard of. I think this was a, a hell of a score. Well, I'm glad that Tubi's working out for you. I'm going to add it to my list for next year. Mm, That's weak. Well, I already got a list for this year, bud. Just make it work. I'm glad that you found something you liked. That's the that's the pursuit, right? That's the whole thing. And the other thing too is like sometimes you find uh, the quality of picture varies depending where they're sourced. But then you have stuff for like uh, Severin had just put out Mm. the one movie Absurd. And yeah. there's like a perfectly good like you know 720p version of it on Tubi. So what we're what we're actually saying is where's the Tubi sponsorship because we we're, we're on board. Yeah. Right? We're on board free and horror. That's what we got going on here. Oh, you know what was also uh problematic was I, I looked up most popular. I was curious uh-huh. what are what are people here watching on Tubi? And I, all three uh, <laughs> I spit on your grave remakes Ugh. like all, all of them. that's what people are watching 
Oh god. Yeah. Why though? Because... Those movies are weird sounding. Yes. I haven't seen them, but they sound weird, Jarrett. They scary. They do sound scary. So there's a movie for you. All right. Well, Killer Sofa sounds cool. Killer Sofa, pretty good. Sounds very cool. Uh, you want to hear about some news, RJ? I'd love to. What's your news? I have news. You G- go first. January Criterion titles. What's Criterion? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. There's not enough ghouls in them, that's for sure. 100%. So, uh, we have Minding the Gap, a film by Bing Liu. Okay. That, that's new. That's What's a, that about? I don't know. All right. Don't ask cool. me. It's a documentary. It's a debut documentary. I hope it's about skateboarding. Uh, Rolling Thunder Review, a Bob hope... Dylan story by Morton Scorsese. You hear about I this guy? I it sounds like it's about skateboarding. This is a a rockumentary. Okay. Uh, we've got a three films by Louis Bunuel set that reprints a whole bunch of stuff that's been out of print for years from Criterion. Uh, two out of three we've talked about on this podcast. The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie, mm-hmm. The Phantom Liberty, not yet, and mm-hmm. That Obscure Object of Desire. Is that any good? Well, it's got two actresses in it. That's news to me. I've never heard about this. Mm-hmm. In the same role? Yeah. Playing the same character. I don't know. I don't know why you would do that. It and, seems, seems confusing. And the, the, the big get, though, is uh-huh. that uh, a film that I've been a champion of that now is coming to the criteria and it was actually put out in the eclipse collection for uh this particular director larissa shapitko uh her film the ascent from uh, 1977 Mm. which is an amazing movie uh it's awesome that it's actually coming out because i think this is the first time a movie that's been released through the eclipse line has actually come out through the criterion proper so now it's got a spine number so it's real sounds like a horror film Ah, uh, it is about the horrors of war, RJ. Hey, aren't they all? You know what I mean? This is a hell, you know what I mean? hell of a beautiful looking movie. I was laughing because yeah. I, I, when they posted those last week, all these people started like, oh, pretty meh, pretty shit. This is like, whoa. No, obviously, no one cares about this ascent because they've never heard of it. Mm-hmm. But this is like, this is what the Criterion Collection is about. It's supposed to be about like getting you to watch these really good movies. And unfortunately... <laughs> Sometimes there's a lot of stink in the middle. People don't want that. People want A24 and Netflix originals. They want like, memories of a murder. That's what it seems want, like a lot of people want. They want marriage story, Jared. They want the Irishman. That's what people want. They don't give a shit about movies they've never heard about. Ro- what? Roma. La, Roma. La Llorona. What, what's your news, buddy? Did you hear Jared Leto was back? In I, form. I didn't know that he ever left us. Well, did you ever? Do you remember that story about how he didn't know COVID was a thing because he went in? He went in on like a month long meditation away from everything, and then he got got out of it when the world was in lockdown. And he was like, "Wait a minute, what's happening?" Yeah, he's back, baby. Yeah, I, As, I, I remember that story. Up. Did you believe that one? No, but uh, I I I would like it to be true. Yeah, that seems to be. It felt contrived, that tale. But much like everything about Jared Leto. Yeah. So you're happy he's back, right? 
I don't give a fuck because I'm not going to be watching no Justice League again ever. Don't you fuck around with that. Gonna, You're watching it. I'm going to leave it to the bros to watch it, and and they'll be happy. And they'll, it's going to be on they're, they're, they're going to pretend how good it is to troll those not... those MCU fanboys. I know, I know how it goes. I know this you is. Ha- you have Crave. You have no excuse not to watch it. I have plenty of excuse not to watch it. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, there's no excuse. I've got mini figs to paint. You can paint them while you watch. <sighs> yeah. See? Nope. nope. So, right, so, well. so, 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 Jared Leto Joker, the beloved Joker. Probably is the back. most, the most liked Joker of any of them. He's back. Nice. Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh huh. Uh, you pick anything up with that uh, 50% off sale that Criterion did? Fuck, by the time I heard about it, it was basically over already. So, like, I don't know. I saw, like, there was the Canada thing, but I was like, I don't... I was like, I, I don't want to deal with all this horse shit with the shipping. Like, I know you've mentioned it before. I was like, it sounds like a fucking pain in the ass. It's, so. it's, it's not. It's really not. Uh, they, If you hit over, I think it's like 100 bucks. the shipping's free. It might be slow, but eventually you get it. In fact, I have an order from Unobstructed View coming tomorrow for a bunch of Arrow stuff that was like 50% off or 70% off. So I already kind of loaded it up on that physical media. And then this Criterion one came along, which I was completely not on my mind, which is hilarious considering I do a Criterion podcast. But then, of course, you know, I think I've talked about this before on the pod. Mm-hmm. The, the, the fucking Criterion, so they've changed how they do shipping. So, yeah. So, you know, we yeah. you get these emails about like, hey, here's another like $10 off coupon. I've got like three of these now. Um, and... But now they've changed their shipping and mm-hmm. they only ship through DHL, which is the horse shit that like to broker your packages through the border, which means that you're, they're just going to charge you like an extra, you know, sometimes 30% on your purchase price because they're doing you a favor. You're, <laughs> they're being paid to deliver something and then they're going mm-hmm. to take a little bit off the top for themselves. I mean, isn't that just business yeah it's, it's a business i don't have any part of so yeah see just don't buy anything well, be like me that's what i wound up doing because i when i go over to unobstructed view to check out their criteria and stuff they're like oh it's on in stock stuff only and then you're looking you're like oh come and see out of stock and every mm-hmm. everything else i was looking at oh hey grand budapest hotel oh out of stock like all the blu-rays are out of stock and you're just like this is fantastic. Like, what do you, what do you expect? What exactly do they want me to buy? Do you think that they were actually out of stock or do you think that they they're were out. made out of stock? They're made out of stock? Yeah, to increase demand. No, they were out of stock. They would, no. they, yeah. So I, it's a waste of my time because I'm like, well, I'm not going to order this stuff. It's not like it's going out of print. This stuff's going to be around for years. Unless it's not, in which case, if I hear it's going out of print, I'll just buy it online and pay whatever price. But I'm like, I can't yeah. wait. It's like, I'm not going to watch a lot of this stuff. I'm just like buying it to have it. So I spent no dollars at hmm. this on this sale because in the Canadian one, it's only 40% off too, which is a kick in the pants. Isn't Criterion in general a kick in the pants? Yeah. I You know, sometimes I, I should really pay attention. To, it's like, am, am I going to use this Criterion channel this month? Or am I just paying it to help those those guys out? 
Well, you can't use it the next two months because none of the cast, the these Cassavetes movies we're talking about tonight and next two weeks from now aren't on here. So mm-hmm. might as well cancel. Well, actually, I own pretty well all these movies, but uh, Tanner 88 is going to present an issue. Is that not available by any means? It's on Criterion Channel. Oh. Yeah. And is also like, it's like a television series. Oh, is it long? Um, this might be like, it might be like six hours. 353 minutes. What does that translate into? Too fucking long is what it translates into. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Mm, baby. That's only, yeah, it's six hours long, RJ. Get fucked. Yeah. And what's it about? Do you know what it's about? I don't even... Good. I don't even care. <laughs> That's fine. You'll, yeah, you're going to have to watch it anyway. Exactly. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, and I also got an email. Speaking of criterions, I got an email from Barnes & Noble saying that, like, my address and phone number and, yeah, my billing and shipping address and telephone number had been potentially hacked. That's good. Yeah. So, again, I got cr- it. criterion buying, paying dividends. <laughs> I mean, it's working out great for you. I got a bunch of emails from JCPenney about the new account I opened up. And we don't even have JCPenney in Canada. Yeah. So I emailed their support and I was like, I don't know what's going on over there, but whatever account is attached to my email, you better sort this shit out. I was like, I don't even live in a country where your thing is real. And they're like, no, that's spam. And I was like, I was like, that's not good either. (laughs) Figure it out figure it out you know you don't know i don't know um want to talk about farts borat 2 is out soon cool i'm gonna watch it not this month okay but eventually one day one day sweet Mm -hmm. well i think that's all we have literally nothing else to talk about well, I guess that's it forever. Oh, fuck no. We have these criterions. After the break, um, we put on our Columbo trench coat for the Peter Falk Festival and very disappointed to see him wearing this denim bucket hat. What the Bucket fuck? hats are cool. What the fuck's with that hat? They're for the kids, buddy. Crazy. I'm crazy for feeling so lonely.
And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast. And tonight is part two, I guess, of sure. five films of John Cassavetes. Sure. Uh, we're doing A Woman Under the Influence from mm-hmm. 1974 and Killing of a Chinese Bookie from 1976. Mm-hmm. First up, might as well go chronological order, A Woman Under the Influence. Sure. Synopsis from Letterboxd. Mabel Longetti. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, whatever. Whatever you feel is right, man. Desperate and lonely is married to a Los Angeles municipal construction worker, Nick. Mm -hmm. Increasingly unstable, especially in the company of others, she craves happiness, but her extremely volatile behavior convinces Nick that she poses a danger to their family and decides to commit her to an institution for six months. Alone with a trio of kids to raise on his own, he awaits her return, which holds more than a few surprises. What what other surprises might there be, Jared? That makes it sound fun. Yeah. In a in a way. Yeah. So, um, hit this year movie I had never seen before. This is one of, I guess, what, two of five of these I've not seen. Ever. This this was all fresh to me. I had no idea anything going into this movie other than I know it's very well regarded and had recently been mentioned in that new Charlie Kaufman movie. Uh, Was it? Yeah. (laughs) Explicitly? Yes. I don't remember stuff, dude. Oh, RJ, it's the Pauline Kael uh, review. She's, She's talking about a woman under the influence. 
I will remember the most insane shit that you'll ever, yep. you would never think about. If, and if, you know if, that. If it's about your food and how you eat it and how you like it and names of certain dishes, you're like all over top of it. But you're like, hey, RJ, you know that movie? I'm thinking of ending things from like like a month ago. <laughs> and now you're like, huh? Huh? What's what? that? What's hey, that? don't forget, I sometimes pull out random Canadian uh, trivia facts that uh, will blow your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you want to hear about the ketchup chips. Ketchup chips are uh, that Nesmith guy who invented basketball, who was Canadian. I'll tell you about him, too. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, I didn't remember, but, uh, you know, I've seen a woman under the influence in a lot of referenced in a lot of other pop culture things. What have you? I think. Like what? Uh, Borat. I think they talk about it in Borat. It's possible. Simpsons. <laughs> so I don't know. So what did you think based on this title? What did you yeah. think this movie was going to be about? Uh, a woman who had a drug addiction. Okay. Is what I what I thought going into it without looking at any anything. Yeah, you do think substance abuse, right? going into this it's an abuse of a kind yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> well but yeah that that that's what i thought i thought it was substance abuse okay fair yeah nope that's uh pretty accurate i think most people probably would assume that uh what i did not know uh for because i honest i did not look about look up anything about this before starting it was this movie has one of my og boys from when i was a kid peter falk Peter Falk. Is that Columbo? That's Columbo. I, what is he? One of your OGs from Columbo or something else? Columbo. Because, okay. man, when I was a kid, I thought Columbo was the coolest guy ever. I How loved, come? I don't know. I, I liked his way. I, I, I think it's because part of it was I loved Inspector Gadget as a kid. And I felt like Columbo was <laughs> kind of like... He's a stand-in for that. Stand-in, yeah, he's no Don Adams from Get Smart or anything like that, which is, you know, yeah. Don Adams is the voice of that. But I felt like he was like, yeah, I like this, like, guy. He's walking around. He's like, I got these eggshells in my pocket. I just can't. I'm trying to get rid of them. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, Columboing is brilliant. And so I was like, oh, Peter Falk in a non-Columbo-like role. Uh, a, a rare treat outside of, you know, Cassavetti's movies, I guess. Yeah. Do you think part of it is because you like the hat? that he wears i like a tr- i like his trench coat is colombo i've got i've got other okay. opinions about his hat in this film and his general state of manner here i mean we got we okay. got that we got that classic peter falk lazy eye <laughs> uh it's or, like, it's more of a or, or like wa- what would he call it i don't know what you would call his eye. not wandering so i actually like so my old roommate Scott, I think it's really similar. There, I can't remember what the fuck it was called. It's something with an S, but it's like where you get like oh it, Jesus, the, the eyeball gets like detached and His then right over. eye was surgically removed when he was three. It's an artificial oh. eye. Oh, is that what it is? Fuck, I didn't. Know I thought that. it was just like in like I don't know from the people oh eye god, phone, I thought it was just it like totally that. now that now that I see it in stills, it's like yeah that is a. Uh, uh huh. huh well hey it fooled me i thought it was real i just assumed he had like had that wonder of what weird eye thing and it's like nope that was a that is a fucking fake ass eye in his head does it say why it was removed was it was there something wrong with it or did he uh, do something retinoblastoma 
Yeah, that's bad news. You don't want to. You don't want to deal with that. Trust me, I know about it. Yeah, you're a doctor. I know about a lot of stuff, Jared. Yeah, a lot of things. So yep. anyway, I like I like this uh, Peter Falk chap. So I was kind of like, ooh, hey. And uh, I also learned this week, RJ, that mm-hmm. uh, old Gina Rowland from mm-hmm. uh, you know two weeks ago when we mm-hmm. last talked about uh, Cassavetes. That's uh, John Cassavetes' wife. Uh, yes, I thought you I knew didn't, that. I didn't know that because when we were talking about faces, well, I we, I knew we were talking about Gina Rowland, Rowland but I did not yeah. know. I didn't. I I just like, oh yeah, she's good in this, but I didn't connect the dots at all that yeah. that was actually his wife. I think you'd assume she's just one of her, one of his girls, which because like a lot of actor or directors use yeah, a lot of similar that, actors, yeah, people right? develop troops and they have like these small indie yeah. movies, like you know Seymour Cassell shows up in these things, yeah, uh, Ben Gazzara exactly. shows up in other movies, and you see the same people, and I just like oh, and then I saw when I saw her and show up in this immediately, I was kind of like oh hey it's her again, and then of course I looked it up and went oh. Yeah, and then in like I know last week you were just like the Notebook is my favorite movie. I love the Notebook. I know G- Gina Rollins is from the Notebook. I'm Jarrett Duncan. Mm-hmm. I love the Notebook. I know that's what you were saying a lot last week. So like, well, you know who she reminds me of in this movie who? is uh, Ellen Burstein. A hundred percent. That is that's actually you're not. You're not known for your comparisons. I think I'm known for my comparisons of actors to other actors uh, because I'm I'm pretty gifted at that, like a lot of other things. But um, that's a hundred percent. I agree with you. That's a good. That's a good pig. Yeah. Yeah. It's like she was Ellen Burstein before Ellen Burstein. Sure. Sure. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I like that. I think there's something also about the subject matter of this movie in general that kind of reminded me of um, Alice doesn't live here anymore. A little bit. Uh, Alice doesn't live here anymore. What is that? Martin Scorsese movie. I've never seen that. It sounds. Oh. I, that's why it's familiar. But I've never seen that movie. That movie is really, really good, and you should watch okay. it. No, I think it's. I a, trust you it's, it's, a little it's, bit. It's, it's, it's one of the uh, I think secret good Scorsese movies that nobody talks about because it's about a, it's about a woman. It's about, it's about a single woman uh, with her kids and uh, single, single female single woman? female mom woman and. Uh, like bounce it kind of like make a living and find like you know stability for her family mm-hmm. and herself and it can be a bad time there's a lot of bad dudes out there tell me about it i i, I see one every week mm-hmm. uh-huh. me too me too cool. so cool. a woman under the influence yeah, uh sure. so this movie opens up and colombo is on the case he is a he is a city worker and mm-hmm. he he's doing a bunch of jobs, and he's having some conversations, mm-hmm. uh, like on the phone angrily. It's like there's a lot of overlap, very Altman esque, very seventies, very new Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And because uh, he's apparently he's supposed to get home to see his wife, because okay. that's what that's what husbands are supposed to do is get home to see the wife and the kids. Uh as a married man, Jared, my entire life is getting home. Getting home. Got, yeah. got to spend time with the do, with the do, wife. Do, do you find that it's sometimes uh, a convenient excuse? Oh, I've used it a million times. I mean, not that it's a, an outright lie. It is true. And do you do this and then slink off to the basement and say, "I've got, <laughs> I've got, I've got to do some stuff, babe." And then, and then you're like, "I got, you know, I got deadlines." And you just like, 
Sit in the room in the dark. And stare off I'd into say space. about a third, a third of the time. Yes. I see. So I'll be like, I got to get home to the don't, wife. Don't overplay your hand. Yeah, I got to get home to the wife. And then out of the three hours that I might have with her, it's like I do have to do stuff. And I'll, I will do it. But I, I will also be in darkness alone for me Beautiful. on the toilet. So. Beautiful. Yep. Continue. So, uh, so we got Mabel. Sure. The stay-at-home mom. She is a homemaker. Yes, I believe is the correct terminology. The homemaker. Well, it's area seventy-four. It's something. It's something. Uh, and something's happening with Mabel. We don't know how for how long. Or this is just like they or get even it, what it is or what it is uh, when this film has like begun. Uh, but mm-hmm. it seems like there's kind of a deterioration in her. She, yes. yeah. Like, so I can't remember exactly. Cause this movie is like, like Cassavetti's movies, they're kind of a little free flowing. Um, yeah. And like in free flowing in a way where like things make sense where they are, but when you have to like recall like how you get there, cause the movie is essentially very much like faces kind of carved up into like five acts. I suppose mm-hmm. where like the first bit is her like kind of like being kind of like, Oh, my husband's going to not be home like all night, mm-hmm. uh, which is like, that's kind of crazy. That's some, that's some pretty good OT. I think. I mean, I've pulled similar gambits in my marriage. Mm-hmm. They don't end well, but uh, you know, in the, in the moment you do what you got to do. Right, right, right. Because you know, when the water main goes, someone's got to be there to get it taken care of. It's the whole point of our podcast, isn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. So, um, he makes some promises. Hey, I'll be there. I'm going to take tomorrow off. I'm going to be here all day with you and the kids. It's just you and me. Because she clearly mm-hmm. really needs him to be there. Um, and he's like, you know, he makes a lot of apologies and like promises. And I mean, I don't know. I believe him. Mm-hmm. I-, I believe this guy in his ridiculous denim bucket hat. I mean, he was working. He so was, yeah. It's he wasn't. Out, he wasn't it's lying. Out, it's out of his control. Yep. He's got to do it. Can't do it. Hundred percent. Can't do nothing. He's driving, I guess. Or he's like, I think he's in the back, right? Yeah. From what I understand, he is a city worker at first, and then later you have this thing where they're like ascending a hill with a leveler, and you're kind of like, wait, how is this involved with like main lines in the city? But we we don't need to worry about that. Well, don't worry it's, about it's that. It's Los Angeles. Yeah, don't worry about that, Jared. Lots of stuff happens in the yeah. world, you know? So he's he's all tied up, and uh, Mabel kind of goes out on the town. Mm-hmm. In uh, what kind of fashion? Well, she kind of like, she's talking to herself, mm-hmm. going through something, some sort of... Uh... She's working things out on her own accord. Yes. And she goes, Is one way to put it. Yeah, she, and she goes to a bar, and she sits down, and she sits down with a man that she might recognize or acts like she knows uh she she approaches him in a way that is like hey hey bud i know you and then he goes hello my name is this who are you because you do think there's a familiarity there yeah. but the dude is like i've never met you before but, he, but, he's all, but, you... but hey when a, a lovely lady starts talking to you at the bar it's all smiles and sunshine and you're like hey hey is it I don't know. It is apparently here, especially when you're uh, looking for some action, I guess. 
Yeah, I mean, that's one way to look at it. Yeah. So they're kind of like having some awkward flirting. And then he's like, hey, maybe we should get out of here. We can talk a little bit more privately somewhere. Hey, mm-hmm. let's go back to your place. And she's like, yeah, okay. And you're kind of mm-hmm. like, huh. And then soon enough, they've uh, they've banged. Oh, allegedly. Oh, yeah. No Presumably. Way. They did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then she like, seems like, I don't know, she continues to, like, be kind of unspooling. She's doing things that are not just out of character, but um, stranger in the grander scheme of things. That's very imprecise of you to say. I don't know if you know this, but the the key to not offending anyone is to be vague and ambiguous. Right. It's a movie about a lot of things that are difficult, and uh, it's something that uh, we should all probably consider. Fantastic. How's that for a review? Beautiful. I feel, I feel, uh, yeah. Yeah, she's being weird. She's acting out of character, and everyone's kind of like, what's up with you, Mabel? Why are you doing weird stuff? Why are you going... I'm trying to find the name of this guy again. Dude, his name's like Jerry or Chris or some shit. It's a real generic name. Yeah. So she like goes to the bar. She's like, hey, bud, you're my best friend. And he's like, let's and, go and, to your And place. this is only like, what, the first 15 minutes? Yeah, this is very, very early on. She takes him home. They do it. It's they next morning. It. They do it, allegedly. And uh, she's like, hey, Nick, uh, where are you? And he's like, listen, lady. My name isn't Nick. Are you okay? Garson. Like, how how could you possibly say that's a regular name? Garson? Gar- Garson Cross? Yeah, that's the weirdest thing. Na- yeah, I, okay. I remember now. It was either the most normal name you've ever heard or a name that doesn't exist. Garson <laughs> is not a real name, right? Well, you get you continue on, RJ. I'm going to look up Garson. <laughs> if anyone listening on YouTube is named Garson, it fuck is, you. It is a community of sorts i mean well Carson i guess i mean and there's I've heard a Gar- lot. there's garçon garçon so what does that mean like waiter garson garson from Ont- garson ontario city from in the city of greater sudbury or could city, be. it's a city of greater sudbury could be so the first so she takes a moment and then she call, uh, she introduces herself in a weird way, but that's not too suspicious. But then when he's there, he she mistakes him for her actual husband, mm-hmm. and that's where suspicion really starts to arise. And you go, hmm, maybe Mabel is into not a good place at the moment. Yep. And then he leaves. Yep. And then uh, your buddy Pierre Falk comes with his bucket hat, and he says, hey. I brought the boys. The boys are here. They're back. The in, they're boys. back in town. Bust out the spaghetti. The get some spaghetti. Get your D pants on because the boys <laughs> is hungry, and we need some food. Now, Jared, I don't know about you, but if Andy, my loving wife, came home at like six a.m. and she had a whole troop of uh, girls with her, and then she was like, "Make us some breakfast. Make us some spaghetti." I'd say, get these dirty whores out of here. I'm going back to bed. <laughs> wow. I know that's God. vulgar. Can you repeat that? I'm a character for a podcast. The point I'm trying to say, and I would expect her to do the same thing if I brought some dudes home. She'd get these. She'd say, get these cock swinging dudes out of here. 
because I don't want no part of this. I'm not making spaghetti at 6 a.m. It's like, what are you fucking nuts? Hey, it's a different time. It's 1974. It was a, it was a different time, but uh, and uh, when when your um, Italian Peter Falk man comes in with like just a fucking troop of men, hungry men, hungry boys, mm-hmm. and they're like, I mean, I don't know, they're not demanding it, but like, hey, we're they're all, all very friendly, very friendly, and yeah. they're, they're maybe they're even a little bit like, oh, this is odd. They they maybe are I, aware maybe of it maybe I would Peter like to, maybe I would like to be home with my family eating some like a you know a tall stack and uh having a beer maybe See, seeing seeing my kids but that's that's the high life if you so, ask yeah. me so this couple this couple's got three kids too cute yeah. little, little cute little kids mm-hmm. um they're always running around underfoot peter mm-hmm. falk though he's kind of like you know she's acting a little unusual i don't know it's like well is she but she is because she keeps asking everybody what their names are uh, going yeah. around the table in a very awkward way, and eventually, it's a little weird. and then eventually, uh, Nick is a, like kind of also like, hmm, this is this is getting a little fucking strange to me, mm-hmm. and kind of gets everybody out of there. And then this is supposed to be the the day off because now he's going to get some sleep. Um, and uh, is it Mabel has to get him off to school or Grandma? Grandma. Grandma. It's Mabel's mom. Play, played by John Cassavetti's mom. Really? I didn't know that. That's an interesting little tidbit. What did you get that out of the Criterion booklet or something? Uh, I did actually read the essay. I have that book because I own this box set, and I fully intended to read mm-hmm. all of those things. Guess how many I've read? Zero. Yeah. I wanted to, though. I just time didn't allow for it. That's mm-hmm. That's how it is. Yeah. Yeah. Or is it actually, uh, sorry, it's actually not her mom. It's his mom. Uh, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure in that scene it's her mom because okay. his his mom is the aggressive one who's like, lock this chick up. Okay. She is that's, unhinged. That's his mom. Her that's mom Cassidy's is mom. way, yeah, her like her mom in the movie is way more understanding of her and it's just like, that's Mabel. What are you gonna do? Yes, but uh, is it, and all the kids are climbing over to, on top of her, or like yeah. when Nick's like, "Come on, back to bed. Come on," yeah. which is which is a very nice moment of domesticity. It is. It is. Yeah. So uh, the character Mabel's mom is cool. She's the one in the intro, and then the character of Peter Falk's mom is the one who's just like, "This chick is crazy." So. Yeah, there's that distinction. There we go. Okay. So yeah. uh, this is like kind of like the the beginning <laughs> of like yeah. this decision that gets made in a, eventually where um, she's just acting more and more uh, erratic. And there is mm-hmm. a, a like a, a party in the backyard. Um. Wait, after oh, or, or the, no, no, no. This is what happens. Jeremy. Yeah, let me yes. tell you about yeah. this. Let me tell you about this. Grandma is taking the kids for the weekend. Yes. Because oh dad's yeah. Working, yeah. Right? There's gonna be a yeah. night out. Need some sleep. Uh, get some sleep, but he has to work, and then girlfriend gets uh, picks up a dude at the bar. Right. Later on, Grandma. they're sleeping together. Grandma brings the kids home because she's like, well, they needed some more stuff, and it's like you shouldn't have brought the kids home. Get them out of here. But the kids are a little upset by that. So Mabel's like, listen, kids. Go to school. When you come home, mm-hmm. we're going to do 
big things, crazy things, yeah. huge things, things like you've never seen before. She very excitedly picks them up from the bus. She very excitedly picks them up from the bus. So she makes a lot of promises. She's like, don't worry. I know you don't want to leave, but you're going to go to school. When you come home, big things are happening. And she throws a party. Mm-hmm. It's her kids. And then a some of the kids is friends, three other kids. And yeah. That they get dropped off by the father who's mm-hmm. never been at this place before. He says, you know, my wife usually drops off the kids. She's a little busy. I am here. He wants to leave, mm-hmm. but Mabel insists that he stays. And then you know what? Some stuff ensues, Jared. Stuff Some stuff ensues. ensues. That's right. Some. Yep. Well, eventually <laughs> Nick, Nick comes back or like, yes. And uh, he's very, disturbed that there's a man well before that happens the uh the father of the friends kids is watching what's happening and he's like um because mabel's being a little weird yes she's getting the kids to do some strange things she is doing some strange things and then that father actually confronts her and, and just outright says hey listen I think you might need to go to the doctor because there's some well, weird well, stuff well, going she's, on. Because she's talking nonsense. She's talking and, nonsense. And her mannerisms like are just like all over the place and very flighty. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of that uncomfortable feeling I think we've all had where you've met someone that might be, not all be there. And it's yeah. kind of like, huh, I think something's happening. And for the most part, you can kind of blow this off if it's a person you're just meeting in the street. Because you can be like, well, this is someone else's problem. Good day. And you kind of extract yourself from the situation. But this is a thing where it's like, oh, this is a person I know of and mm-hmm. have children and they don't, from mm-hmm. what I know, don't normally behave this way. Exactly. No. So he, he's a little put off by that. And then he, he actually kind of does the thing where he, he does the appropriate thing. He says, I think you need to talk to someone. I'm going to get my kids. I'm getting out of here. But she had also just instructed all the kids to get naked. So he's trying to clothe his kids. Oh, yeah. And uh, and then that's when Peter Falk comes home. And mm-hmm. he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What is going on here? Uh-huh. So that's where the violence ensues. Yes. He starts grab- slapping his wife. He slaps his wife. He looks at the dude. He says, what are you doing he wants here? To, yeah, he wants, to, he wants to brawl and throw down with this guy. Yeah, because get him out, I mean, get out of not, my house. I want to beat the shit out of play, you. Not to play the card, the hand too soon, but Peter Falk is potentially also not in a great place. Uh, so he's just like, get out of here. And uh, that guy's like, you're crazy. Your family's crazy. Yep. I'm going to leave out of here. And Peter Falk says to him, I'll kill you. I'll kill your kids. <laughs> you better watch out. Yeah. And then you go, hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, anyways, what else happens, Jared? Well, um, I mean, all, all this pretty well just leads to him having to t- do something for his wife, who's clearly sure. not not doing well. And I, I essentially, it's like, yeah, she's going to be sent away to an institution for treatment because the doctor gets brought in. Uh, and there's like a whole lot of the awkwardness of that that's played out mm-hmm. Cassavetti style, where it's like, oh, what's what's the doctor's name in this? It's something crazy. It's like Zeppo or yes, Zoc- yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Doctor Zepp, Doctor Zepp, Zepp. Yeah, and so they're all brought in. It's like kind of like this closing in, the slow mm-hmm. realization of what's going on, uh, and then of course, so she goes away, 
Mm-hmm. And now things are left to the devices of Nick, who now has to like take care of all these things. Um, I guess like, is this the point where they're on that job site? <laughs> yeah, this is where they're on. Well, cause he gets her committed yep. and then he goes back to work. Nope. Hey, help with Mabel. You need help with the family. And he's just kind of like, Hey, you all got to fuck off. I don't want to talk to you. And then something happens as a result of that. Right, Jared? Mm-hmm. What might that be? Uh, f- falling? There's a man on the site <laughs> that Nick yells at. Yeah. And then a couple moments later, he has a little tumble. And a man, a stunt man, I think, takes a full dive down a, like a, like a cliff. <laughs> and he gets fucked up pretty good. Like, it doesn't look like... I mean, even like stuntmen can do a lot of things. Like they're they're pretty they're pretty versatile, but this dude this dude takes a takes a fall, right? A little it, tumble. It, it, it is horrifying. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like whoa, because like first you see a guy falling, you're like, oh, he just got shoved maybe a little bit off the end of that, and then he's like, oh no, he's re- he went like that's like got to be like almost a hundred feet that he's yeah. just like sliding down this like dirt face, and you're like. Holy mm-hmm. shit! How did he they tumbles. Do, how did they do this? Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you how they did it. They paid this stuntman to actually fall down a hill. Yeah, they're like, hey, they said, "There's nothing at the bottom. Take the money, yeah. or go, we'll get someone else." It's Los yeah, Angeles. Like, there's, there's always someone out there. We'll give you a hundred bucks to fall down this hill. So, right is it, now, does this production right have insurance? Now. No. 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 Yeah, do it at your own risk. Hundred bucks, take no. it or leave it. Yeah, that's that's some real trivia right there, folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, check mm-hmm. it out. So, Nick's got to take a day off, you know. Yes. <laughs> he's he says this is too much. <laughs> there, there's there might be problems, complications. There might be an investigation. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go take care of the kids. Uh, they go to the beach. <laughs> In an uncomfortable scene. Yeah, that that's that's fun. Yep. Nick, Nick, yeah, Nick's got problems. I think the influence, uh, here's a hot take for you, Jarrett, was the influence in Unsound Man. Unsound? Unsound, yeah. Because mm-hmm. Nick, Nick, it's a it's a relationship. It's, you know, there's shit relationships like Sid and Nancy where you're like, I don't want to watch this stuff. But there's Nick and Mabel where it's like, they're both unwell mentally and they feed off of each other. And that's not good either. But yeah. Mabel's a little bit more so. So, and that's why she gets taken out of the equation. In the Kent Jones essay that accompanies yeah. this uh, movie, mm-hmm. he, he talks about how, uh, like, the thing that seems to be the the thing for Nick is that he is not handling well the perception of his family falling apart. It's not like it's yeah, like how people yeah, yeah. it's about how people view it. And that's when he's reacting really strongly and like erratically and talking about he will kill you. He will kill mm-hmm. you and, and strikes out at it because the, the, the comfort, the, the the structure that he wants a family to be in is like under threat. And he's no way of yeah. controlling it. And other people are seeing it. And that's when he loses his mind. Um. So, yeah, yeah we just see. So anyway, just like. What is this? About an hour and forty-five minutes uh, into the movie. Yeah, when she finally gets released, 
Yeah, it's it's a pretty far down the line. Yeah. And then she gets released, and uh, Nick's like, I'm going to throw you a big, big party. Pot. I want a big party. It's gonna, everyone's going to be invited. And then someone's like, well, I don't know if she's going to want to do this. Oh, my God. Get the fuck out of my house. This can't be happening. This is a terrible idea. How could you have done this? And uh, he gets everybody but the Bear Essentials parents, both sides, <laughs> the, the kids. And that's all it's going to be. Um, and that's that's some wrenching stuff. With her children, with her daughter, it's like, oh, do you do I do you want me to come over and hug you? Only if you want a baby. Okay, I'll just sit right here. And it's like, oh, oh god. <laughs> and then they have a very, uh, really fun dinner. Oh, it's fun isn't even doesn't even begin to describe how fun that dinner is. Where it starts out with maybe we should all go home. One person insists that they don't. And then it's like, all right, we'll stay. And then something bad happens. And then another person's like, we should all go home. Mabel keeps saying, everyone needs to leave. I don't feel well. Uh-huh. And then they're like, nah, 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 nah. You're going to love this. You're going to yeah. love how we can just hang out with you. Mm-hmm. And then uh, some bad stuff happens. And Mabel kind of looks to a family member and is like, hey, I need a little bit of help. And you know what that family member does, Jared? They just dab. And then they keep on rolling in the dinner party. They say, hey, guess what? We're, we're just going to keep on rolling. This is what's and, best for you. Yeah, until it hits a point where it's like, yeah, things aren't great. Maybe everyone should go home probably. And then they do. And then things yep. continue to go downhill. Mabel, a little bit. Mabel uh, cuts herself a little bit. Just it's, in her one hand. Just her one hand. Yeah, and then like, there's some more things with children running around, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and more talking about killing <laughs> the children if they don't stay in their beds. I think is that accurate? is that or am I? Is this there's a blurring? lot of talk of killing yeah. children in this film. Yeah, okay, and then like and Nick's lapping. Nick's Nick's. Some... Uh, he's just like, what are you gonna do? Yeah, it's old old fashioned old fashioned rearing of children, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, and so uh, yeah. Finally, like the movie kind of has this like inconclusion, like inconclusiveness, where it kind of just um, fades into the dark, or not even into the dark. It just kind of like plays into the credits of them getting ready and just like settling in, and you're just like, huh. Well, so well, it kind of like. There's some conversations that ensue afterwards. Yep. Uh, there's a little bit of fighting. The Getting the kids to bed takes a while. Yeah. There's some physicality involved in that, Jarrett. Mm-hmm. And the way it ends is... So the whole... The big, the big thing about this movie is... Nick sends Mabel away. Because of how she's acting. Mabel comes back. She's acting different. A little stilted. And the whole time Nick is like, be yourself. Yeah. Be yourself. Don't be anything else. Mm-hmm. Be yourself. So Mabel's getting a lot of mixed messages here, Jared. She was sent to a institute, an asylum, mm-hmm. for, for being herself. And then when she comes home and she's the way that she is conditioned to be, she's told to, no, 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 be yourself. So she's getting some mixed messages uh, from Nick. And then the way it kind of it kind of fades out is uh, Nick is just, he is not well. She is not well. Well, they both admit that, and then 
matchup better. Let's do this a little bit more. And then it's kind of like they're just both in a place where it's like neither of us are in healthy <laughs> condition. But uh, we're going to do this because it works. It's what's <sighs> it's what we're used to, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a real celebration of the working class. Yeah. So it is... <laughs> A universal message we can all relate yeah. to. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. This is a difficult movie to watch, mm-hmm. I think, to say the least. It is a, it's a two-and-a-half-hour film, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, it's very loose. Well, I mean, Cassavetti is all about being loose. Being loose, not? loose and lengthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me what you think about this movie, Jer, or do you want me to tell you? What do you what do you do, bud? What do, what do I do? I mean, hmm, how do I feel about this movie? It, it feels like it's like it takes the directionlessness, which is not about how directed this movie is, and it's it is directed, but there's a directionless quality to it that is very reminiscent of Faces. Um, mm-hmm. and it just kind of like extends that out more. It's like more cringe drama in the domestic sphere with people as people talking at one another. And uh, I don't know if I'm always in the mood for that. Okay. And I don't know if so, I, I don't know if I would be in a big mad rush to rewatch this movie anytime soon. And I don't think mm-hmm. that's the type of movie that Cassavetes was trying to make a movie with like mm-hmm. rewatchability, but rather than trying to evoke like a set of emotions of like what it would be like to live in this situation. Mm-hmm. It's very fly on the wall ish, I guess. It's not quite a kitchen sink movie, I guess. Or that's yeah, that'd be the right word for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that it's good. But uh, okay. I don't, I don't love, I don't love a woman under the influence. I think that's fair. Yeah, very fair. Uh, I so I already played my hand last week or two weeks ago. I'm a bit of a Casavetes dude. Uh, I like Cassavetes. I I find, I mean, I think this probably would be surprising to people because people would probably think I would hate these movies, but I actually like them. Uh, there haven't been any that I've outright disliked of uh, what we've watched so far. And um, A Woman Under the Influence, I think, it's like I said earlier, I think it's a difficult movie to watch because there's frustrating things presented to you where you see the problem, you hope it gets there's some resolution and there's not. And I think that's difficult because like the way things play out, you're like, "Mm," you're like, yeah, stuff works out like that, but you know, maybe someone will kind of clue into this and then it doesn't really happen like that. And then it gets the, the theme and the story of the movie are more of a bummer than anything else. And you're just like, fuck, that's kind of a bummer. I, I think the filmmaking, I think for this one, is his most most polished so far. It's like, and what I mean by that is. I, okay, the, yeah, 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 okay. You know what I mean? Like, sure. It's the most polished of them so far, uh, but it still has Cassavetti-isms where it's uh, mm-hmm. things that are out of frame. Uh, the, the, like, Han- the focus of the handheld. camera is, yeah, handheld focus of the camera is on things that it's like completely unrelated to anything else it's like a lady's arm and she's like i'm gonna focus on this arm for like two minutes and you go all right 
Sure. Why not? Um, and then, uh, what was I even talking about? Casavetti-isms. And then it's all loose, like you said. Like, a lot of it was, like, improv, apparently, is what he liked to do a lot. Terrence Malick style, uh, maybe. And then uh, there's a lot of those things. So I like Cassavetes. I like a woman under the influence. I don't know if I really, really like it. I think it, it's like I said, I think it's his most polished of any of his movies. So I can see, I can see appeal for certain mass population, not the mass population, but like of criterion jerks. Yeah. You're all jerks. If you're listening to this podcast, you're a jerk. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are jerks too. Um, the criterion dudes and dudettes, I could see this appealing to them more than the other ones, maybe just because it's, it's a little, it's a little flashier, but, uh, I do think it's, it's got some problems. Some of the more prevalent Cassavetes things that, uh, will be more apparent in other movies we watch of his also, where you're like, I, I know, I know he likes doing things a certain way. It's like, I'm going to let this sing really, really breathe 15, 20 minutes at least. And you go, I don't know if this needs 20 minutes. <laughs> You're like, I think five minutes probably would have got the point across. Oh, so, uh, some, I like his long scene takes. Like I think faces is, it's actually done really well. Uh, and then this one, it's okay, but it's, um, I don't know. It's a, it's a bit of a different doc. Uh, I like woman under the influence, but I'm not, I'm not totally, I don't totally know. I don't know how to describe it too much. I think I did a little bit, but it's like, it's this, this is one of those weird ones for me of his, because it's like, I don't know where it fits in, in him. You know what I mean? I'll have to take your word You'll for it. You'll have to. Did any of that make sense or did I just ramble for 20 Yeah, minutes? I think you're, I mean, I think you're trying Cassavetti to, ju- I think, I, I don't know. It feels like you're trying to justify, uh, not, not being a, a big fan. I like it. I think it's, I like it more than some of, some of his other stuff. I mean, is what I, I like, I like that. I like new Hollywood a lot actually. And, yep. uh, I don't know this one, like this one ranks up pretty high in terms of popularity, uh, on yes, my, well, on my list of new Hollywoods. This is like number five, but I feel like it's a letterboxed like pick. It is a hundred percent. But I also think that people like the, what this movie's like, what the, the feeling of this movie or maybe the idea of this movie more so than <laughs> maybe they enjoy it. Like, I don't know. To I me, agree. I'm kind of like, huh, I, I'm not feeling it. I'm not convinced. I, uh, I agree. And, uh, so Andrea has actually watched all of these with me Yeah, and she was kind of on board with this, but even I'll, I'll talk about Chinese bookie when we get there, but, uh, her, uh, her and I both think Faces was the best one so far, and then, uh, which is different from you. You didn't like Faces as much as we did. Well, I, well, but... I like, but I think it's good. Like, I think it's very, yeah. it's a very good movie, actually. Um, yeah. But, but I would say, like, yeah, I, for whatever reason, I think, I think Shadows really like clicked for me, and I found, mm-hmm. like, I think it's and like, I, I think it really just like, I think that movie indicates a real change in how movies were being going to be made. And I think yeah. it's like for a historical perspective, I think it's like a, quite a landmark of a movie considering it's his like first feature film, and it feels very ahead of its time, or just like slightly like of its time in America. Yeah. And then I feel like Faces is him like kind of getting into what he's going to be making 
mm-hmm. from that point on. It's way more indicative of his style. 100%. And, like, I don't know, like I said, like, I, I love cringy domestic drama stuff, but there is there is something about how, like, the the cinema verte quality of Cassavetes I don't feel mm-hmm. is super convincing because of the improvised element of it. I feel like yeah. they, could, they could be better written. And I think that's like when you start like start writing stuff up, you can really appreciate it. Whereas like, I don't know, there's like no real dialogue uh, in a, a woman under the influence where I'm like, Oh man, what writing? <laughs> like, it's like, it's kind of just like, it's like written, but like, there's no, like, I'm not like hanging on every word. Mm-hmm. It's, per, it's very performance driven, I guess. I I agree. That's very true. There's some of the dialogue. It's like some of this should have been scripted because I think you could have. I, I think it know. is. I, I think it is scripted, but I think it, there's it comes there's, off there... strange, right? Some some of it. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I know you. Yeah. Facts, Max. Uh, so yeah, so you're like, kind of like, it's good. <laughs> I, I think, I think it's good. I, I do like it. I just don't like it as much as so some of the other ones. So I guess like the one thing I should say, because like this movie was written and it was actually meant to be a play. Okay. And, uh, makes sense. uh, for Gina Rowland and sure. She was like, uh, there's no way I can do this eight times a week. Uh, and so mm-hmm. it, it was adapted into a, a screen, uh, play that's cool so i mean it isn't like i don't know but it, it feels like he he lets a lot of room i think it's also the way it's shot and the how long things are let to go and it's not edited down and it's not going to be shot that way so it feels everything's extended out longer it feels like yeah mm-hmm. but I hey agree. but hey uh he got nominated what for uh best director for this and she got be- she got nominated for best actress that's a well, hell of a thing for, and this movie is like absolutely, totally independent too. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, there's like a whole story of like, uh, I think it was like Richard Dreyfus was on some talk show and mm-hmm. talked about like after watching it having to go home and puke, yeah. uh, <laughs> and like yeah, like they had to hand sell this movie essentially. They were calling up uh, theaters and saying, "Hey, you want to sh- you want to watch this? You want to see this? You want to see you this? hear this? Yeah, seen it? Hey, speaking of Richard Dreyfus." Do you remember that SNL uh, skit where it was like Star Wars and Richard Dreyfus was C-3PO and he was like, it's me, Richard Dreyfus. Do you remember that? No. So I, in high school, 15 years ago, I would play that skit, but just that part where it's, it's me, Richard Dreyfus. I'd play it at parties sometimes, just that. And people really didn't like it. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it. Not right the skit, now. just that one line. It's me, Richard Dreyfus, and they all went, "Who the fuck is Richard Dreyfus?" And I, I just looked at him like, "So you want to, you want to hear a, a, a one bit of what Pauline Kale had to say about uh, a woman under the influence?" She, sure. She condemned this film as a quote didactic illustration of R.D. Lang's version of insanity. I hate the word didactic. It's a real word. I understand that. Correct. But I don't I don't like when people use it. I have no idea who this lady is, by the way. <laughs> I don't know if that's relevant to you. That's I mean, no one's gonna be that surprised. 
What was her name? Arlene? <laughs> Pauline. Par- par- Parlene? Par- is- yeah. yeah, this is good. This is good YouTube. Uh, people are definitely going to love us for, for, like, no, for, for not liking a, wonder, a woman under the influence enough. And you yeah. are calling, don't know who Pauline Kale is. It's excellent. Excellent. I don't give a shit because they're all nerds. You know it. Killing of a Chinese bookie. All right, Vince, it'll pick up. Have a big night. does the whole thing so we got it choreographs it he stages it he does ah, the don't exaggerate i do the best i can this guy owes us money he's gonna pay his name is lean turnaround he's making movies again yeah he's trying with with our good close personal friend ben gazzara who doesn't love Mm -hmm. big ben i'm a big fan of uh, ben gazzara a synopsis synopsis Mm -hmm. cosmo vitelli the proprietor of a sleazy low-rent hollywood cabaret has a real affection for the women who strip in his peep shows and the staff who keep up his dingy establishment he also has a major gambling problem that has gotten him in trouble before when cosmo loses big time at an underground casino run by mobster mort he isn't able Mm. to pay up mort then offers cosmo the chance to pay back his debt by knocking off a pesky mafia protected bookie is that accurate yeah yeah that's That's that 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 is the plot of the movie yeah and then but there's a whole lot in there in between there's about 200 minutes in between well it depends on which version you uh wisely selected uh when you pop that blu-ray in and it says would you like the 108 or the 135 well is this the criterion creeps or the criterion give up or guys well rj yeah so uh i i when i popped this i've seen this movie before Sure, I, yeah. I, I watched this around the exact same time that I watched Faces and Shadows. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was the one that kind of like spoke to me a little bit more because at the time 
I was, you know, I was all about those neo-noirs. And when you look at these lists, killing of a Chinese bookie pops up often. And you're like, whoa, this, this Cassavetes guy's made a, a, a noir? Some sort of sleazy movie? That's like, on paper, this movie sounds incredible. This is like, oh, this is going to be so good. This is going to be like Scorsese, but before Scorsese, or like Contemporaneous. This is going to be great. What a great title. Can you agree, RJ? Killing of a Chinese bookie? It's a powerful title. It's really good. I mean, it sounds good to me. No? Um, so <laughs> I popped this Blu-ray in, and it gives me this choice of a 1976 cut that's long and a 1978 version that's shorter. And then I look online, and it seems like no one actually really says one way or another which version they prefer or which one you should definitely watch. Like, no one seems to even give a shit. And so I thought to myself, I'm like, well... John Cassavetes had the 1976 version come out. Nobody liked it. And then he recut it and he said, yeah, this is the version people should watch. And I'm like, so what's the choice here exactly? What, what, I'm, I'm, well, I'm going to watch the version that's been widely available this entire time. And I'm going to watch this version again. Can I interrupt for a second? Have you seen Killing of a Chinese Bookie before? Correct. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Did I, you just say that? I did. I did just say that. <laughs> I know who, uh, what was that lady's name? Uh, Ar- Traylene. Ar- Arlene. Arlene Pauline's bill. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I'm listening. You're Did listening. You? Okay. Yeah. So I opted for the shorter version because Fair enough. I kind of know, my one of my issues with Cassavetes is length. What feels sure. like, his movies kind of feel long. <laughs> um <laughs> Between faces, between woman under the influence. I'm like, you know what? If I can uh, tighten that up a little bit, see a re-edited version. Because he did this, mm-hmm. he did the same thing with uh, Shadows too. He he edited that down a little bit as well. He's always reworking movies. He's real George Lucas. Maybe the first time anyone's ever compared Cassavetes to Lucas. Not the last, though. I'm sure. I'm uh, not now. Mm-hmm. So. Killing of a Chinese Bookie. Opens up with Ben Gazzara. Remember this guy? Jackie Treehorn? You know Jackie Treehorn from Big Lebowski? I know Jackie Treehorn, Dra- buddy. Drawn dicks on notepads? Ooh. Who hasn't? That's the super bad approach. No? Um, Did you get any of that? N- uh, yeah, I know. I, I No? No. Uh, doesn't matter. It wasn't a great joke, so whatever. Very well. So, uh, Ben Gazzara nightclub owner he's mm-hmm. uh things are going great for him and uh i don't know this movie's very straightforward it's very pulpy but it's told cassavetti style everything's extended out and my god if this movie was not the like the earthstone for like nicholas whining reffin uh the style oh. of filmmaking like just like the, the colors and the way that this movie looks at times Incredible. And the other thing that I didn't mention with A Woman Under the Influence and definitely in Killing with Chinese Bookie. So Bo Hardwood, are you familiar with this name? Bo Hardwood? Hardwood. Hardwood sounds like a Boogie Nights character. So Bo Hardwood is a sound mixer, sound editor, sound engineer, music supervisor, composer, and songwriter. Who doesn't worked, sound real. Who worked on both these films. And I got to say, RJ, that is uh-huh. one of the highlights of these two films for me. The, the, the score? 
yeah, the score in Woman Under the Influence, there's like some pretty beautiful pieces of music in there. Yes, and, yes. and in Killing of a Chinese Bookie, there's some like damn fine beats that I'm going to yes. include in the episode proper uh, that are like so nice. I agree. That go along so well with the visuals of this. These fucking scorching neon colors that just fill mm-hmm. the screen. Uh, the one image that you just posted over on the Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, that looks like something right out of a Jess Franco movie. <laughs> um, you, no, you finish your thoughts. Okay. Sorry, you, you're about to like really react. I was there. about to train train uh, derail you, but okay. uh, I can restrain. So, like this movie, like just on a visual, because this movie is like, what's the story about? It's about a guy who oh who who gambles. He brings his mm-hmm. ladies out, and it's like the saddest fucking gambling establishment of all time. And all I kept thinking about was like trump <laughs> and like yeah. how how did donald trump roll back in like this period of time well this is like again that's jersey and like those trump casinos that he somehow ran into the ground even though casinos don't lose money but somehow he he's oh, he's a very good businessman um mm-hmm. here this is like the like this doesn't look like fun this isn't a place that you bring human beings, but this is like, but it's like, I'm going to bring my ladies out on the town. They're going to dress up real nice. I'm going to give them, I'm going to show them a very nice time. I've, I just mm-hmm. apparently finished paying off my other gambling debts after many, many years. And now, uh, now I'm going to pick things up and, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to just do it all over again and all oh, rack up $23,000 in debt. And then when I ask for more chits or whatever they're fucking called, um, uh, they're like telling you, oh, no, you're cut off. He's like, no, no, I got infinite credits. Like, what are you talking about? No one gets like infinite like, as much as they want. It's like unlimited, unlimited credit. And uh, so now we've, now we've got a problem. This is like mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, like the inciting incident. Mm-hmm. Uh, where like now he owes a whole bunch of money to a bunch of bozo gangsters, which is great because realistically, you know, these um, casino lugs, mafia-ish types – they should just be like kind of bozoy, kind of scary, but very like n- like nothing special. But they're Seymour Cassell. We're now looking a little bit more respectable than the last time we saw him out in uh, Faces. A little with, older. With, with his nonstop chuckling and laughing. Mm-hmm. He's very, he looks refined. Yes, he does. Yeah. 100%. So Cosmo, we, we got to like kind of like, it's like he's almost like asking for a bank loan. And having to justify, hey, it's like, what do you owe? It's like, what, 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 like you got a club. It's a very nice place. It makes a little bit of money. I'm, hey, I, I'm not one of these guys that doesn't pay his debts back. I'm going to pay your debts. It's like, yeah, well, we're going to need you to sign some papers. And he, I guess he signs over, like, the business. It's it's kind of implied that, like, yeah. he, he either is signing over the business or he's signing over more than he has. Yeah. If that makes sense. Right. So he gets to leave there very depressingly. <laughs> and, and his ladies are with them and they're kind of like, oh man. And even before that, there's like these, these little moments where like there's like guys that are like waiting their turn to come in to be basically mm-hmm. like said, hey, you owe too much money. And it's just like the most pathetic thing. And like they have these like statuesque women with them. They're like, oh my God. Well, so the whole thing is just a display of masculinity, Jared. He's peacocking. He's like, look at these, look at these girls I got with me. They go with me wherever I want. 
I'm going to come in. I'm going to go in this place that looks like it's like 80, 1989 graffiti walls where it's like paint can, like brushes getting thrown on the walls. Yeah. And it feels like in a year it's going to be an arcade. Uh, oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah like, 100%. like it's going to be like they're going to get closed down by the cops when they find out about them, and then they're going to get chased out of there, and then like some like, you know, business will move in there and be like turning it around for like a few years. Yeah, it's man, what a, what a great what a great piece of uh scenery that site was. So, um Cosmo, what a name. He Cosmo? Uh, yeah, he Cosmo brings Cosmo Kramer. He brings the ladies back. Yes, he does. And uh, he's like, oh, well, you know, problems always are floating there. But now it's like he's trying to go back to normal. He's going to be like, ah, that's behind me now. I've got a, I got a club to run. I've got uh, Mr. Sophistication. Uh, I've got his shows to go, which, of course, is also the name of Matt Dillon's serial killer name to the media in the house that Jack built, which kept which which I thought was odd. <laughs> that's strange. Yeah, Mr. Sophistication. So, hmm. Yeah, you know, Cosmo's like kind of going back to living life like he used to. Um, I can't, the timeline of how things kind of play in the movie are going to be probably a little bit different for you and I. And mm-hmm. again, the plot of this doesn't matter a great deal. It's about a vibe <laughs> with this movie, uh, mm-hmm. perhaps to its detriment. So he's doing auditions and like trying to find the ne- some like new leggy lady with big breasts to do a show uh there's jealousy from like one of his i guess Mm -hmm. like his number one girl uh more women Mm -hmm. getting slapped Mm -hmm. yeah uh but then of course like oh wait he owes money he owes twenty three thousand dollars to these characters who show up and uh they're like hey oh what a great club you've got here wow that's kind of like are you sure you make a lot of money here you make money here oh yeah it's not too bad and they're like oh yeah hey we should uh, go for a we should go for a ride. Let's go for a trip. And they have they sit down and they have dinner. Mm-hmm. And, and basically at a, a Denny's, I suppose. It's like a, kind of a breakfasty joint. And they're discussing how he's going to pay them back. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they're talking like around and around the issue of what they're going to ask him to do. And they're like, hey, it's like, what do I go to do? It's like, well, you know, you know, you could. Uh, there's a guy. There's a guy. He's over in uh, you know in Chinatown. And you're like, uh-huh. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, what can, what can I do about that? It's like, well, you know, you know, you just uh, you know, you just take care of that. And it's like, oh, oh, well, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to like no way. It's like, well, you were in the military. You you saw some shit. You've you've uh, you've killed Asians before, right? That that seems to be Is the, that the implication? I think that's the implication. It's like there's no difference. There's like mm-hmm. I mean you kill them over there, you kill them here, what's the difference, buddy? And he's like, uh, no, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. He's like, well, okay, what do, you, what would you like to do? What would you like to do as an adjustment? It's like, well, I'd like to take ten thousand dollars off what I owe. And they're like, oh, okay. It's like, well, how about you just like send some girls over? This guy we want to kill, he likes girls, and uh, you bring him over here. And uh, if you bring him into the club, you don't have to do anything else, and the, the 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 debt's forgiven. And he's like, oh, well, yeah, maybe I can do that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Turns out that's not good enough. Not, not, well, it's never enough. No. Right, so he's not moving quick enough. He has this, he, him and the, he takes some girls, takes them out for Chinese food. He takes them to a, a Chinese movie. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, I would have loved to know what that was, but. Probably uh, the killers, the criterion. Film. <laughs> uh, a, little, a little too soon for that. Well, yeah, but this is Cassavetti's world, buddy. He's, th- he's thinking ahead. 
Yes. Yes. So that doesn't work out. And uh, he gets strong-armed. He gets worked over a little bit, saying, hey, now you got to do it. Like, mm-hmm. no, no, no fucking around. We're, you're going to have to, here's the gun, here's the car, you're going to go do it, like, now. Like, immediately kind of thing. You have, like, no, like, this... I don't know. It's it's very un, it's unique, and I don't know if it, seems, it doesn't feel like Cosmo's asking the right questions. Yeah, and uh, so we have this like entire like the night he goes to do this. Uh, he, boy, what troubles he runs into? Tire blows. He's like on the highway. <laughs> he, he runs to a payphone. He makes a phone call to like AMA. Well, he does, and then he and then he checks in with his club because that's all he really cares about, right? Well, there's that, and, then, and it's also to assert assert power and control over someone something he can control right and, and there's also an element to me about establishing an alibi for or something like i i, I was yeah. one, like i was that was going through my mind a little bit yeah uh too. so yeah he uh goes and gets some uh some hamburgers <laughs> well he gets 12 single yeah. burgers she single she wraps them individually and he says no 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 that's too much work. Get yeah. that shit out of here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then he he heads on over to this Chinese bookie. Mm-hmm. And he, he uh, metal gears his way through stealthily. And uh, he gets the drop on this guy who's just hating out in the pool. Kojima style. Kojima style. And mm-hmm. uh, we get a little bit of a monologue. <laughs> uh, a little bit, yeah. yeah we get you, a get, little, you get yeah. some, it's like, some uh, Bad dude. I'm a bad dude, and he's killed. There's like sort of like a whatever you call a Cassavetti style shootout. Um, yep. Uh, but old uh, Ben Gazzara gets away, but he does get tagged, and this will kind of like hang over the rest of the film as he no sells this because mm-hmm. he's a hard man. He's in control, and he's like, I gotta get back to the club. I gotta make sure the songs are getting better. I gotta make sure the girls are doing good. And uh, yeah, so of course. He tells the the men that had him kill this bookie uh, that the job's done, and they're like, "Oh, shit, you're not dead!" <laughs> like, and it's like, "What the fuck?" It's like the it's the weirdest plot that these mm-hmm. guys have. Like, they're really like, "You owe us twenty three thousand dollars, and we just want you to go over there and get killed yourself in killing what is actually this Chinese like you know triad guy." Mm-hmm. higher up that's why like why why wouldn't any of us just go and kill this like bookie it's like oh no this guy's a bigger deal than that but you we, he wouldn't have gone if we knew that it's like well fuck it's like he owes you twenty three thousand dollars. he's gonna do whatever you tell him and then on top of that you're like oh we just assume that you're gonna get killed when you go to kill him anyway mm-hmm. and then we don't care about the twenty three thousand, but we just need a guy it's kind of like i don't quite see the thinking of this of these goons isn't that how it always works? It says, you, you owe money. Do this favor for us. However, it's a, it's, I, I think no it's, one expects it's, this it's, to work. But it's a little scummy. I, I think it's kind of well, dirt, it it's a little dirtbaggy. I mean, I, I expect more from these guys. Give them, a, give them an honest shot. Would yeah. would Tony Soprano do a guy like this? He would, he'll do whatever he needs to do because that's what Tony is all about. He's making the hard choices. No, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, this is a distant cry. These these Los Angeles criminal families. I mean, they seem a little bit more slipshod than uh, the boys of Jersey. They ain't Jersey. Let me tell you. Yeah, no, 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 not at all. So, um, yeah. Uh, now, now the the mob 
whatever. They're trying to kill Cosmo. Cosmo's trying to, Cosmo's trying to stay alive. <laughs> Aren't we all, Jarrett? Uh, closer to the microphone, sir. Aren't we all, Jarrett? Aren't, aren't we all? Aren't we all? Uh, so anyway, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. the rest of the movie, this movie is all style, is what yes, I is. would say. Uh, gorgeous uh mm-hmm. music uh varies like there's like the the live act stuff i don't know about this mr sophistication i don't know what i don't know what they're going for uh i'm not a fan of mr sophistication and what he has on offer i uh-huh. feel like uh you could, i could get like a, a five guys off the street to be mr sophistication and i think they could uh do a little bit better than what this guy was doing i don't know what ben was thinking uh i think that's big if true cosmo so yeah. anyway uh, again, sort of a for this genre piece of a movie, which I mm-hmm. probably is like the some of his movies like touch on melodrama, but like very far yeah. removed from that. And this is him doing a crime movie, and again, mm-hmm. Cassavetti's eyesing it. Yes, hundred percent to to, to to whatever extent. But man, he embraces color like nobody's business. And I think oh. that I, I think on just like on a visual level, this movie's influenced. Like so much shit, like vaporwave. This movie is. <laughs> oh yeah, a hundred percent vaporwave, synthwave. Like the music and the color of this movie are like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Th- that all said, like. Yeah. Again, the movie. It's a little, a little. It overstays its welcome. I think. I think it's like a, a bit, a bit, a bit. Um, and. There's just scenes that like you're like okay I I get it but like I guess a movie like this doesn't necessarily get seen or if it does it's usually like a Nicholas Winding Refn movie uh... yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but like, that's like who's on my mind like it's like all these directors I like and this movie I feel was a little ahead of that curve and or at least the way he's doing it like it's kind of like that fine line between it's like something like Thief. For instance, like Michael yeah. Mann thief, like Michael Mann stuff, I guess. Like this, I feel like probably had an influence, definitely probably an influence on that. But there's like a a succinct quality to a Michael Mann movie that Killing of a Chinese Bookie has no interest in. So I don't yeah. know. Uh, your mileage may vary um, mm-hmm. on this mm-hmm. movie. But I mean, I, I think it's... Uh, very interesting. Like just on a visual level, just go screenshotting. Yep. Hundred percent. Collect them. Uh, collect them all. Get gotta catch them all, Cause, buddy. Because they sneak up on you too. Because some of the movie just looks oh, yeah. drab as hell. Like it's like very mm-hmm. like you know kitchen sink seventies crime looking movie at times. And then there's other times yeah. where, you're, where you're in the club and you're like, fuck, that looks so good. And what, what and what a hell of a club. Would I like to go here? I'd be scared. It's, it's kind of like the slice in Creepsville. Oh come on. <laughs> Far, far from it. <laughs> That's the vibe I get from the slice. It's That's, not the color it's, it's, isn't it's, right, but the it's a, the grime. The, it's a different it's kind of dank. Similar. It's a different kind of dank, but I think it's similar. Yeah. Okay. It's the closest we got, buddy. So those are my feelings. Because this movie is about a feeling rather than anything, I think, intellectual. What did you think, RJ, of Killing of a Chinese Bookie? Well, Jared... I have seen this film also beforehand. This is actually the first Cassavetes film I've ever seen. So this, uh, this kind of set a, it kind of set in my mind what I thought Cassavetes films were like, 
uh, for all the other ones we've been watching. Um, first off, Andrea hated this movie. Mm-hmm. She thought it was real shit. Uh, so she's watched all of them with me. Her favorite was Faces. She thought Woman Under the Influence was not bad. Uh, she thought that she was like, I think about half an hour into this one, she was like, this is the worst one. And I was like, oh, yeah, why? And she's like, it's not good. And I was like, oh, what an what an interesting take. Uh, like I, I like not in not like a dick to her. I was like, that's a like that is actually a good point. Why is this one bad? Because it is it's just bad. I was like, all right, that's fair. Uh, so that was her opinion. Mm-hmm. I um I I like Killing a Chinese Bookie. I think it's good for a few reasons. And what you kind of said earlier, I might be the apolog- apologist for. Uh, these two Cassavetes films, but uh, I think the score that you brought up earlier is great. I think it's it's so good in this movie and with a woman under the influence too. Like yeah. the scores for these two movies are terrific. Killing of a Chinese Bookie, the color. Oh my God, the reds in this movie, so much red and it's so nice. It just, it looks great. And the whole time you're watching it, you're like, man, this looks good. It's all those scenes where he's coming down from uh, the dressing room mm-hmm. and he's walking down the stairs, that red light's beaming in. And then he's just like, uh, he's just embossed in red. And you're like, oh, God damn, that looks good. Uh, I like, I do like the plot. take on masculinity which is how it's sold on the the book but i think more than even just a general term like masculinity it's about a guy who thinks he's better than he is and not better but like to do who thinks he's top top dog and then he gets tricked into situations where he is shown that no you're you're not that good you're about about right in the middle of where you should be and then he's like I think he has a realization of that. And then near the end, it kind of flips too, because he gets that false, like a uh, uh, sense of like over overdoing it, where he's just like, I am that good because look what I've done. Uh, what was I talking about? Uh, I like the plot of this movie is what I'm trying to say. Um, I like the way some of the scenes are played out. Like that dude who is th- the reanimator evil scientist, I think uh, that's, that's who that guy is, right? Like the bad guy. From oh the anim- shit. Uh, is that who you think it if, is? If that's not who it is, those, and those two no, dudes look I, identical I, to each other. I didn't look it up. I'm just like, when I was watching this, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's the guy from reanimator. I'm not going to look it up though, because I don't, I, think, I, I didn't care enough. Think you're t- yeah, I know you're talking about, but I don't think that's the same guy. He looks very similar, I mean, though, right? Well, is that like tall, skinny head? I'll find him. I'll look him up. Yeah. There's there's a there's a bunch of different options here. Oh well, well, I that guy's bounces between being annoying and then being like because uh, you're thinking about the, are you thinking about the guy who's like in the like the, the Kubrick movies, right? Are you thinking about him? No, no. So in Killing a Chinese Bookie, he's like he's like the the tough guy who like uh, who instigates a lot of stuff, beats him up a little bit, and then the scene I really like is when they take him out to dinner. They're all kind of talking casually, and then he leans over and he's like, "This guy owes us money," 
I know you're like okay. It. So that's Tim Carey, I think you're talking about, who was in yeah. like Kubrick movies, and that's but m- not in Reanimator. No, I don't. You're trying to I, tell I, me? I think so. Here, I'll, everything's going very slowly right now. But I'll <laughs> I'll send this to you. You let me know if this is this because this guy's pretty. If it's the guy I'm thinking of, I'll, are you I'll... telling me that's not Bruce Abbott? No, wait, that's a totally different dude. Uh, David Gale is maybe who I'm thinking of. I sent you the guy that you're, I think you're talking about is Tim Carey. Okay, let me let me open up my Facebook because me and Jared are over thirty, so we both use Facebook, and I'm gonna pull up Timothy Carey, and yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy. That, that is not the man you seek okay but in killing of a chinese bookie does he not look just like no the guy in the end oh come on he looks like he looks like tim carey <sighs> that guy that he looks like the guy yeah because yeah he's in paths of glory the killing uh and he, a bunch, he's in some other cool yeah he's in he's gonna be in a mini in muskowitz i don't know what that is that's uh that is a john cassavetes movie rj i'm going to Think of him as the reanimator guy, and uh, I don't care if it's accurate or not. I'm just gonna do it. So, anyways, I like that guy in this uh, for some of the scenes he has, and then other scenes he's kind of annoying. Uh, Mr. Sophistication is the epitome of sad drama kid grown up. Uh, there, this like the burlesque show is. I think I think he does it actually a good job of selling it as like. There's people who like find the appeal in it, but it's also like a really lazy kind of like depressing burlesque show where it's oh, just yeah. they're just on stage. That's all they do. They're just on stage. And then you're like you're like, is this real life? And it's like, yeah, those are real places. I've been to one or two of those and it's like of course you go you in, and you're like, Well, Jarrett, I didn't say what kind of place. Totally reputable. Mm-hmm. But uh, you go into those places and then about ten minutes in you go I'm kind of bummed out being in here <laughs> and uh, that's the kind of place he runs. So uh, I um, I like killing of a Chinese bookie for a few reasons. It's like I said, I think the color, the score, I think the ideas it kind of brings about are really good. It's too long. And uh, like, so faces, I like how long it is. I like that the scenes have time to breathe and develop. And then that's where you get some of the really good stuff And this. I think they try to do that, but it's not quite there. Uh, but I do like Ben Gazzari a lot. I think he is super cool. More or less. Yeah. He's a weird dude, but I, I, I do well, like him. I, in this I, well, I feel like maybe uh, even uh, the half hour sh- shorter version that I watched yeah. is feels long. That's the that's the that's the Cassavetes feel seal of a, a seal. Yeah. Feel, feels long. <laughs> feels long. Yeah, and that's Anyways. that can be that can be okay, right? It can. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, if we or we choose to only prefer things that don't feel like time is passing, is that a is that a virtue? Mm-hmm. And then pre- perhaps we need to revisit quite on, you know, quite long. Did you say? Maybe it's a virtue to be slow. I'm never gonna watch that fucking movie again. Neither will you. You're you're never gonna watch Quiet On again, are you? Are you gonna watch Killing of a Chinese Bookie again? Is the question. I've seen it twice. Well, th- third time's the charm. 
Third time's a charm. It won't be for at least how, 10 how, years. How do you feel about this movie on second viewing? As this was your first Cassavetes, and now that you've seen three more Cassavetes? I, I definitely have a uh, spot for it where I think I like it more than it's worth, if that makes sense. And there's, there's, no, there's no such thing. I like it more than it's worth. Uh, <laughs> and the one thing that stood out to me, because I said to Andrea, I was like, I've seen this before. And she's like, what's it about? And I was like, well, it's about this. But I was like, but that's not really what it's about. And she was like, well, what do you remember? I was like, I only really remember one scene. And it's where he's sitting in the change room smoking, just talking basically to himself. And all the ladies are walking across the camera. And that was my first Cassavetes experience where I was just like, I actually thought it was really unique where I was like, he doesn't give a fuck what's in the frame of the camera in the lens. He just has people walking through and things like that. And I thought that was really cool. In my and then now that, now that I've seen more, it's yeah. like, yeah, I get it. In my mind's eye, I really, for some reason, still think that he dies at the end of the movie in the club. But like, And you actually see it. Yeah. Which is That's... which doesn't happen at all. In fact, it just ends with him hopping off the stage after doing one last introduction, and then when he jumps, all his blood kind of comes gushing out of his wound, which is like pretty like whoa. Mm-hmm. And and then he kind of just walks out, and then you never see him again. You keep thinking, oh no, then it's Mister Sophistication, and then you're like, wait, that's it, and that's the end. But in my mind, it's like, oh no, you see him die, and people, mm-hmm. or, or he he sits down and dies, and then he's bleeding out, and then he just that's it, but nobody notices. But again, that's yeah. a fi- that's a fiction. It's, it's in my head. And does that make for a better movie? Is that better? No, but it's just in my brain, I guess. And that's like seemed to be where I thought the movie was moving toward. Like I know he gets like he was gets injured, and then, but like the time from when he gets shot to the end of the movie, it's quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. it's, it's a him like kind yeah. of like having lots of conversations with people, and uh, like ah oh, no, I'm fine. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's what masculinity is all about, Jared. Mm. I mean, if you look at me, I'm the epitome of human health. Look at you. <laughs> Did you get that? I got it. I got it. Yeah, good. Um, well, you want to hear about who hates these movies? Yeah, why not? Why not? Let's go for it. And the, the great piece of music that we've been talking about, the, the Bo Harwood piece, is uh, mm-hmm. particular during the audition scene, is yeah. Rainy Fields of Frost and Magic. That's you'll have to, really you'll, funny. You'll have to beg. You'll have to repeat that. Uh, I Oh, I just said uh, I think that music is very nice. And then I was going to say I think that audition scene is super funny because she's hopping around and he says, Stop Quit running doing around, that. and she continues to do Quit it. Quit jumping, and she keeps doing it. And yeah. I actually like that. Me too. Yeah, it's good stuff. So for A Woman Under the Influence, mm-hmm. we have a half-star review from okay. Poop Fart. <laughs> I said, dude, I do it for you. I do it all for you. And then for the people. <laughs> Needed more confusing voiceovers and Oklahoma references and depression. I understood what was going on when I watched this, so it is a bad movie. An intelligent fellow like me prefers to not get a single thing when I watch a movie. I am smart. (laughs) I like this guy a lot. Favorite films include Click from Adam Sandler, The Longest Yard from Adam Sandler, Sandy Wexler from Andy Sandler, and The Wedding Singer from Adam Sandler. 
I think it was saying Andy Sandler for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a troll account. Yeah. But half star films include Pulp Fiction, Antichrist, yeah. and Call Me by Your Name, which is good. I like that. <laughs> Uh, five star films are Adam Sandler films, and then also Kundun. Kundun. Okay. The, the Marty movie. Yeah, and then Jack Frost, the uh, Michael Keaton movie. Five, five stars. Five stars. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that movie's got a line in it that I'll never forget. But uh, you'll have to listen to our old episodes to hear about it. And uh, sound- from Sydney, half a star. Yep. This one's long. Sorry, but I really couldn't stand this film. This is one of the few times I almost couldn't sit through it. I wanted out, and yet there were at least two hours left to go. I just couldn't connect to the characters, finding them to be almost grotesquely fake and failing in their attempts to seem multifaceted. Each scene was painfully long, and the characters spoke in roundabout conversations that often felt completely pointless or so repetitive, I wanted to bang my numb head against the wall just to Mm. feel something. Everything about this film felt so impersonal and uncentered to me. I think I would have liked it better had it been framed entirely from the point of view of Mabel. The only scene I liked were the shots of her trying to find a bar at night while that piano music played. That was the only moment I really felt the atmosphere, felt a connection and interest in the character. It's live-action films like this that remind me how much these writer-directors could benefit from watching animated films. (laughs) Wow! Maybe. Yeah. You can have something be slowly paced but still deserving of its entire runtime because it makes every scene, every minute matter, even if the intention is to make us feel slowed down, feel like it doesn't matter. A film like this would benefit from that kind of thought. From the strict planning animated filmmakers approach they're work with. Huh. Holy wow. Is that so all of it? That's it. That is a that is the hottest take. I think I haven't come across in a long time. Cause like, so I don't know. The thing that this reminds me of is Werner Herzog talking about storyboarding. And he's like, so this is the opposite of that. Like this person's like, I think people should storyboard more. Like that's what they said. That's what like literally almost like that. They won. Like every movie's fucking storyboarded now, unless you're Werner Herzog. Mm Mm-hmm. He was like, he likes old, he likes new digital cameras because they're fast to start up. He's like, hey, I want to film that iguana. Then you just do it like that. That that's a. That's... When, when did he film an iguana? Because I'd love to watch that movie. Uh, Bad Lieutenant. He films an iguana in that movie. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. some kind of lizard. I don't know. That's kind of cool. Yeah, tell like me, that. tell me about Sydney. Sydney's a odd one, but I I will give them credit for one thing. They only have. They have a ton of rated films, but they only have 25 star films. So definitely the lowest, lowest of their rated films, which is like, I kind of like that for speaking of like animated movies. They don't actually even have that much. They have spirited away, Levo and stitch move on goofy movie and ratatouille. So it's like, all right, other five star films are like little miss sunshine, Truman show and it's a wonderful life. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, For half-star films, Jared, this is where it gets a little weird. So there's things like A Woman Under the Influence. It's like, okay. The Lost Boys. It's like, all right. Mickey and Nicky. Future Creep. And also also Peter Falk. Also Peter Falk. You go, that's strange. Here's some other half-star films, though, Jared. The Wild Bunch. Casablanca. The Sister Brothers. Goodwill Hunting. E. T. 
Star Wars Princess Bride and why don't we just say The Searchers by jo- with John okay. Wayne is also a half a star. Okay. So strange, right? Yeah. This strange. Well, I mean, they all could learn something from animation. Well, clearly. Okay. Clearly. Um, over on Killing of a Chinese Bookie, uh-huh. half a star from Milk Carton 19. Okay. Straight fucking garbage. Fucking <laughs> garbage? Straight fucking garbage. <laughs> Bud. I, you know what? I think what's straight garbage is their one star for Blade 2. One of the finest films we've ever talked about on this podcast. No. They also just gave Brightburn a half a star review that says absolute shit. Wow. They're only Art- five star articulate films. Articulate Carton. Mm-hmm. You want to hear about uh, a couple of their only nine of nine films they've rated five stars? Okay. So there's Lawrence of Arabia, Taxi Driver, Matrix. That's fine. But there's also three billboards, Fight Club, Blade Runner 2049. So you go, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. I don't know either. Um, And one more for the road. Evanston Dad, half a star. Mm -hmm. I feel like that name's come up before. I don't know. I think so too. I found this film to be nearly intolerable. John Cassavetes, in many ways, was a was a love him or leave him director. His films mm-hmm. were never easy. He definitely required his audience to work, not sit passively and let his films quietly come at them. I don't mind this approach to filmmaking, but I do require that the rewards I receive are worth the effort I bring to the experience. Not so here. The killing of a Chinese bookie simply wore me out, until by the end of the movie I could not have cared less what happened to anyone in it or to the story itself. This is Cassavetes at his self-indulgent worst. The only thing I liked about this movie was Ben Gazzara, who I've always thought was a fine and overlooked actor. Grade (laughs) F. No. Uh, So this person has like 18 billion five-star reviews. So I feel like off the bat, you know that that's not totally right. But when we go to half-star reviews, Jared, uh, I'm half star films. Hey Jared, do you like Face Off? Uh, it's pretty decent. Do you think it's half star film? No, it's, a, think... it's definitely at least at least a two star movie. I agree. What about Con Air? A movie is uh, the tits, as they say. What about The Fountain? I'd have to rewatch it. What about Happiness? Outstanding masterpiece. What about The Beach Bum? pretty good what about jurassic park the lost world uh, bad what about watchmen but from Zack snyder not great what about the patriot starring mel gibson the fallen son nothing special well maybe you like this person maybe you you and him should have a podcast uh, maybe <laughs> maybe well anyways they well you they gave happiness a half a star so you might not be on board with them okay Potentially. Potentially. Any final thoughts here on Cassavetes Chapter 2? I don't know. I like Cassavetes. I think he's oh. he's a cool dude. Yeah. Uh, do you like him enough to watch one more movie plus a 200-minute long documentary? I'd rather watch two more Cassavetes films than a single more Bergman movie. 
oof. Even though I actually do like Bergman, it's just like well, yeah, it's Bergman overkill at this point, you know. Well, we got Fanny and Alexander to rewatch in like a which little is bit. one I actually really like. It's, it's just in, it's like in like a month we'll be watching it. That's it's like, just so much Bergman. It's so so much Bergman. So much Bergman. All right then. Well, what are we talking about? Too too bad we have to watch some more Cassavetti still, and that's not. The oh, worst. okay, cool. That's not the worst, right? No, that's fine. After the break, um, we go walk off into the night, gunshot, still like fighting with her wife. That's okay. Is that how that's supposed to work? We just lost Cassavetti's character that we've seen so far, which one would you be? I would be the dog in Killing of a Chinese Bookie. Oh. You remember that guy? You remember that little pooch? Was he in the abbreviated version? Oh, damn, he, he's in there a little bit. I would be that dog, 100%. Yeah. Good choice, yep. good choice. You can email us at criteriaincrease at gmail.com and tell us about what dog you'd like to be in a movie. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnlope. We're on YouTube. We've got Patreon. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. Tumblr. OnlyFans. Yeah, that too. Oh, RJ. Another treat. It's a treat. Another Uh treat for us. Mm -hmm. Ghoul School. Can we try to keep it under five hours this time? No, 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 no. Well, we did. We did keep it under five hours. It was only four and a half. Can we try to keep it more under five hours this time? We can try. Okay. For you, Sunshine, we'll try. Uh, please. So no emails next week, folks. We'll be whew, plowing through it, going deep. Trying. Trying. And hey, there might even be some surprises along the way. What does that mean? What does that mean? I've never heard of this. Neither have I. It's getting weird in here. We should end this. We should. Huh? Goodbye. What? RJ, goodbye. Be weird. RJ. Cut that out. This is iTunes. I love you. <laughs>